recording. Yeah, we're recording right now. <laughs> I don't get what's so complicated about this. This is nothing's like- complicated. It's hilarious. <laughs> This is Michael Lipton. And this is Josh Lipton. And welcome to another great episode of Just Talkin'. Just Talkin'. All right, so this week we've got, as always, quick hits coming. After that, we'll be talking about the new Royal Blood album, Typhoons. We'll have um, uh, a very stupid conversation. Very stupid. I've come up with this one. I think it's pretty dumb. Uh, We'll have a discussion about whether the internet has turned life into a game. And then we'll talk about... uh, our movie, which was The Lighthouse. But first, as always, we've got quick hits. Josh, what's going on in your life? Uh, okay. So, honestly, I have been a terrible sports fan lately. Oh. I have not followed any of the World Cup. I didn't watch any hockey. I have barely watched the Blue Jays. Basically, I've gotten very lucky. Actually, I was going to say, every time I turn on the Blue Jays for a minute, like hits a home run, but I feel like that's just like every minute. Yeah, it's, 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 it's <laughs> you have very, a good chance. very hard to not see him hit But I've probably watched like point. 20 minutes of Blue Jays over the last two weeks. I've yeah. watched zero of the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Just a bad sports fan. Uh, I was watching some of the, the... I've been watching Blue Jays games. I've been watching some of the Suns Bucks. I, I'm... I'm cheering. I don't know. Who are you rooting for? Because I'm cheering for the Suns. I'm cheering for Chris Paul. I don't actually, I actually don't like the Suns, but I love Chris Paul. So I'm like, why do you, want, is it like, do you not like not that Booker I, or Aiden? Or, not that I don't like the Suns. I don't, you know where there's like a not negative. It's like, did you like the movie? I did not like the movie. It's like, I don't like the Suns, but I don't dislike the Suns. Okay. They're like a neutral team to me. But you like Chris Paul. But I like Chris Paul. So they're like, I have the same feeling about the Bucs. Like earlier in the series or earlier in the playoffs, I said I wanted the Suns versus the Bucs because I hate, I dislike almost every other team. Yeah, I'm so, so I was okay. like, these are the two teams I dislike the least. I, I have neutral know. feelings on them and I like Chris Paul. So therefore, Chris Paul. I don't know if we've discussed this on the pod, but when, when the, the Nets and the Sixers were oh, each eliminated. So happy. Oh, hate both those teams. Okay. I, I, I wanted, I wanted the Hawks over the Bucs. The United, I, I I mildly, they're like, the Hawks are a neutral-ish, but they're like l- less than the Bucks. I, I'm more okay I, with I, the Bucks. I like Trey Young right now because the way that he treated New York was just stellar. You know, it was, it was, it's, you love to see it. Yeah. You well, love to see it but happen that's my point. to New York. <laughs> you like to see more what he did to the other team than like, I don't particularly like Trey Young himself, but I like that he beat teams I dislike. Yeah. Well, it's also some, some of the, the dis like, I don't think he was a villain until New York made him a villain, but the second that New York made him a villain, he really like accepted leaned the role. In. Yeah, he leaned in. Like a couple of the moments. Did you see the one where he um it was against the Bucks? Um it was in a game that they won, I, I think. Um uh he he crossed over against uh Drew Holiday and he got so open right behind the three point line that before he even took the shot, he started shimmying took the open three that's how much time he had against one of a better defensive like what's supposed to be a pretty good defensive yeah, team hit the three and then just walked away it was just like wow uh-huh. that level of disrespect is impressive Ex- and but thankfully he it. hit it i guess yeah well that's the thing like swaggy p Nick, uh, the Nick one where he turned around yeah, yeah and he thought he hit it and it's like nope i actually i've also seen gilbert arenas with the same thing yeah. where like they i don't know i am i like swag i like celebrations I don't like pre-celebrations, if that makes sense. Uh, like, t- I love, once you win, go ham. Go mm. crazy. Yeah. Until then. Uh, uh, okay. My favorite ever post-shot celebration is is probably 
the the dame over uh, Paul George just bye bye. But did he do that before it went after. in? I'm saying that's after. my point. After. It was like one Perfect. of those things, but I just yeah. love it because it was like oh, but that's beautiful. Point. After you hit it, like that's my big thing. It's like same with I believe if you hit a homer in baseball, you should be able to celebrate. However. I don't, I hate these things. Oh, you, you over celebrates. Like he had a home run in a big moment. Like he should be celebrating. You know how you stop him? Don't throw a pitch at him. Just don't let him hit a homer. That's yeah. like the answer. Like to me, but I also think if I, a pitcher strikes you out, he should be able to celebrate. Yeah. It's like, don't do it before. Like that's, yeah. that's my big thing. Yeah. Um, or in a blowout. I, 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 I don't think, know. In a blowout, I also feel like it's useless. Like I've seen, maybe it's more in football, but I've seen like a guy, you're losing 37 nothing, and then you score a touchdown. And so it's 37-7 and he's going with the greatest celebration ever. I'm like, you're still losing by a huge 30, margin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Though. Just uh, like in those situations, hand the ball to, to the ref and, and get to the line, I feel like. But um, yeah. Here's well, the thing. Do, do a lot of hitters have issues with pitchers celebrating or is it really just pitchers have issues with hitters celebrating? I've seen it both ways. I've seen hitters get really pissed when a when a pitcher. Ce- In fact, I think hitters celebrate more, and are it's more celebrated and okay for a hitter to celebrate. But I think their celebrations are also bigger, like because okay. they can they have a bat in their hand. You can flip the bat. You can freaking you're walking. Know, you're cheering like, when a pitcher strikes got, out. Like, the, um, yes, and that's the only like that's the only one who's got like a major one. But there who are it, who is it again? Sorry, it's um, the um, he used to be arrow. on the Rays and now he's on the Twins. And I only know this because of fantasy. I can't remember his name. Uh, anyways, it's the guy yeah. who does the bow, the bow, bow and arrow. arrow. Yeah, um, um, but he like I don't know. I've seen hitter uh, pitchers strike someone out and then like get pumped. You know, just like yeah. pump their chest and walk towards the thing. And like the hitters like. Whoa. You know, getting all peeved. It's like, dude, like, chill. you got shown up. Just, yeah. just deal with it. But I don't know. It. I feel like it's it's mostly pitchers getting mad at hitters, and then pitchers. But pitch, I feel like uh, they're really mad at themselves. Like, this is my honest opinion. I don't know. Most if you're times, mad at yourself. Don't throw at someone. Then that's like, the I, thing. well, that's well. But this is the thing. I honestly believe this about like most people. Like, if I'm angry, it's typically not. Sometimes it is at someone else, but lots of times. I'll screw something up. Then I'll just be angry. And then I'll like yeah. be angry at someone else. And it's like, but really deep down, I'm like, it's not about you. It's about something yeah. else. I feel like it's the same thing. The pitcher's just like, fuck, why did I throw that pitch? God damn it. And then yeah. he's like, he wants to, he doesn't want to blame himself and beat himself up. You got, you got to have a short memory. So he like passes that blame onto the hitter. That's my yeah. opinion. Um, he's just doing his job. You want to, you want to talk about pitchers and substances, sticky stuff? Sure. All right. Sticky stuff. We're talking weed then, right? The sticky icky. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the, I mean, I, we there were was... talking about illicit substances, but not uh, not those ones. Yes, um, I know. So, spider tack, rosin, all these things which have been... Uh, let, let's just admit, it's been around in the game, and it's just been accepted, and the league's done nothing about it for a long time. I don't know how long, as long as, as, long as this stuff has been around. And now... Um, now Baseball's enforcing this stuff. How do you feel about this change to, not to the rules, but to the enforcement of them? I personally think that enforcement was too lax before. And I think it might be, we're swinging the other way too much. That well, I think, yeah. I, I mean, there's no doubt. I think we need to curb the more extreme forms of foreign substances. Yeah. Like if they're putting spider tech really is or or sun lo- suntan lotion or this or that yeah. but some of the stuff it's like um a pitcher was talking i can't remember who but they're talking about how you know 
like what if i you're allowed rosin but what if your rosin mixed with your sweat and now suddenly it's too sticky it's like how do you measure this stuff and it's, there's like these fine lines where there are not obvious things to me there's gradations it, yes yeah. there's gradations where like to me like most things it's the cover-up is worse than the crime where what's the twins michael pineda had like tar pine tar on his neck that he was hiding yeah, I remember that. it's like if you're like hey here's rosin i'm using rosin it mixed with sweat i'm like cool like that should be completely legal or like someone said oh what if you have pine tar on your hands from your bat like to me it should be like anything's anything natural is allowed and everyone knows like he's got rosin he's got sweat but you can't like hide something under your brim you can't hide it it's like it should be like everything out in the open and then just be like okay that's allowed yeah. like if, if it just happens that you get better grip on the ball because you're more sweaty or you have like whatever then that's not a big deal or yeah. you got a little bit more pine tar in your hand like it is what it is but there shouldn't be for true foreign substances substances that aren't like why would that game. naturally yeah. be on your hands so that's my opinion is i think it's more about the cover-up that's worse um yeah yeah i i do agree with you that we've swung a little bit the other way because did you see the game where scherzer got searched three times that was crazy in, in four innings or something like that was that. crazy it was insane okay speaking of people getting pee for no reason so then scherzer was screaming out to the other manager and the other uh, manager was girardi or something yeah like and that? the other manager yeah girardi was pissed that scherzer was screaming I'm like he has every right like you, you just had him search three, three times. times and each time he's like nope like i actually feel like you can you can call them once that should be the rule like you get one or like challenges give them two two per game yeah and after that, like, you don't get any more, yeah. no matter what. And then, yeah, sweet, bring out the pine tar, bring out the rosin. Um, I, I, okay, I feel like the ump should be able to, if you're just like, okay, have like a the, bag yes. of it on your yes, thing, you're right. it's labeled in big, bold, Comic Sans font, <laughs> okay. sticky stuff. So just like with football, how in the last two minutes, yeah. the refs have the right yep. to make it, but you can't. Yes, if they really suspect it, sure. But like, you should only get one or two. Like, a, yeah, a, I think two challenges and then everything else. In is fact, maybe even just one. I'm okay with just one because I'm like, yeah, because yeah, one, one three is was fine. excessive. Three seemed crazy. Two seems like a lot. Just, just as well. stupid. Uh, yeah, you should get one, and then after that, it's up to the umps. Um, I, I, I do also kind of for the pitchers who have been using it. I kind of feel like okay. It, for for them, two things. One, they before this season, they knew that the MLB wasn't enforcing it, and they knew that it gave them an advantage. That pop sound was really nice. The opening, okay. of, the, opening of that pop, it's just a satisfying fine. sound. Fine. Can we take a short break to talk about pop on pop? Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm convinced. I I don't drink a lot of pop. I drink a lot of Soda Stream though. But there is something so nice about opening a can of well, we had lacroix the other day and just that nice crisp like yeah. it's beautiful and same when i open the bottle of soda stream and all that and it to me you know the thing about to, uh toothpaste yeah how the we like the way it feels foams up and it stuff. foams up right yeah it doesn't actually have to foam to clean your teeth but they like scientists added that because we they knew that it would feel better it's and when satisfying you, yes yeah. and when you can actually have toothpaste without that in there and I've done it before. Like Aaron had, oh, this is a natural toothpaste. Doesn't, and it feels like shit. It's like, it doesn't feel good to brush your teeth. There is something so satisfying about that foaming. It feels like you're cleaning more. Same with yeah. like when soap suds so up a lot. I, 
I actually have I have a body wash right now that I really like the scent of the body wash, the cleaning aspect, but it doesn't have um I think it's sodium lauryl sulfate is like the most common foaming agent in like body washes. Mm-hmm. I always feel like by the time I'm like getting to the last bit of my body, that loofah is like running a little dry just because I want to use I want, a loofah to clean. I use a, a body wash on a loofah. Interesting. Look. I'm just hand, body wash on the hand. But I feel like the loofah kind of works as a, 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 a you know, the fudge capacitor from, yes. uh, yeah, it acts as a body wash capacitor because you're only getting given off so much from the loofah at one time. Whereas my hand, I feel like I'm, that's both my storage and my usage. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like there's a problem with that. I feel like I'll use too much at first and then, ah, uh, I'm running dry near the end. <laughs> Maybe. I like it because to me, I'm like, why am I, like, I don't know, the loofah, is it dirty? Or do you clean the loofah? Like, I don't know. Like, my hands are definitely clean when I'm cleaning my body. Yeah. So. I, don't, I also feel like the loofah exfoliates a bit. That's for sure. I mean, I don't use like, what, like you know, people who use like the really natural type of loofahs that are like a little rougher. I'm just. Yeah. Not, well, I, have I, a, I use an artificial one. What's it called? A like, pumice? Oh, yeah. I have a pumice. Stone, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was running, I would use it more because now I'm like, I don't need to pamper my feet. But when I was running a lot, I was like, yeah, my feet were getting sore. So you need a little bit there. But um, yeah, I, I'm convinced like soda pop and all these like the opening the can is, I want to say half the joy, but like a good third. It feels really nice. And I'm like, is that why we like bubbly things? Just like, is that... I think it's also the sensation on our tongues. We like that. That's for sure too. But also, I, I this really bottle like the has a different type of open. It's like a pull tab open. Did you enjoy that more than like a twist off or? A- I did. I love. I like these tops. Yeah. I mean, I liked it less because I'm like trying to do it like in discreetly, quiet, discreetly, incognito. Yeah. But there's definitely a joy. Like, t- okay, the best one by far, champagne. Is oh. that not the most enjoyable open? bottle experience yeah well here's the thing like you can do it like the the, the way that's like you always see in movies where you're like trying to get it to no yeah, but don't like do that no you cover it with the towel you do the nice no. discreet what you don't need to cover with a towel that's bullshit too why all, all i do you take off the what do you call the thing that holds the, down the, the cage the cage and then i you grab the neck with one hand you grab the cork with the other you twist and pull up at the same yeah. time and it pops it does it stays in your hand so it's not flying and poking someone in the eye but you don't need a towel like i just do the towel that way like i can grip it without having to be concerned like because i've had ones pop pretty hard and like it just shot into the end of the towel and then that's it i've never had the issue but i guess it's not a bad idea but i've never had that issue but yeah i hate it when people do the hold it with two hands and and then 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 just double thumbs thumbs, to pop it because like you're an ass well no if you're outside i'm actually okay with it yeah because it's but if you're inside i'm like it's gonna hit the ceiling and then fly back and hit someone and you're and gonna get a it's gonna be a mess to clean up the yes, floor you know nobody I agree. wants outdoors that. Yeah, i'm okay with it like we did that when we were in whistler and i and it was great but otherwise no and also i'm always afraid if you do this like your grip is actually in the wrong spots and it's gonna like fall out on you, you know I've, you, I've need, seen you need some spider tack to get that <laughs> yeah, grip up you, you know? need grip exactly that's yeah. the that's the sport where you do need some foreign substances you're, you're gonna have the umps coming out of the champagne yeah. opening just being like hey what's that nothing guy's got a little spot on the back of his neck and just... yeah those sommeliers yeah um but no i i i think mlb in the last three years has the focus on in each year has been about the wrong thing 
Like, I don't think any year we've had like a focus on like, wow, what great baseball. We've had like the foreign substances. We had like their handling of COVID. We had uh, PED discussions. And what was, there was another one that was, um, oh, and then the Astros um, cheating scandal. Like the last, honestly, it's it's not been a good bit for baseball. Otani is very good for baseball, but everything else, too much of the focus has been on like rules and regulations yeah. and and the culture, not like the sport itself and excellence. Like, yeah. uh-huh. Otani is the only excellence that I've heard a lot of. And in Toronto, obviously, we're talking Vladdy, but like, I don't know if that's as big news elsewhere. Yeah. Um, what I will say though is, I all these all these pitchers complain. Did you hear about uh, one of the pitchers got injured and he blamed it on the substance yeah. um uh, enforcement no well, just no i'm not gonna say it didn't contribute but like that is also an idiotic thing to complain about because like oh like it, they in did my tell mind, you in the preseason that they were going to start enforcing it more yeah too. but not just that so okay fine maybe because you have less substance you're not as good and therefore you're trying to overthrow now and because you're overthrowing you got injured okay i'm not saying there's not gonna like a friend of mine was saying like do you think there's going to lead it and i said yeah there might be a small increase in injuries because of this because guys are now trying to overthrow because they're getting hit harder yeah it's possible but i'm like that's not a reason to blame it like that's so you won't let me cheat anymore ah now no, i have to do my job harder and i got hurt because of that yeah no it's like oh i fell down the stairs running away from the police when i robbed the store if they just hadn't police the police store yeah the police department the it's, police store that's where, <laughs> that's where you get police no but that's that's like the equivalent to me is like why did they police the the roles like i injured myself like yes but you did something illegal that like yeah. supersedes it it's the whole isn't there a rule where you're not allowed to um benefit from your crimes like if you commit a crime um I can't remember like if you write a book about it like the proceeds have to go to pay your like any legal um, fees and anyone you um hurt during that first before they can go to you so i don't know i thought i, I remember something like but, that like um, same thing i actually do think there are some weird situations like you know how you have a responsibility to shovel your driveway and if someone gets injured they can sue you yep i believe there was a case where someone was robbing someone's house they got injured on the way out and got caught and they sued the owners of the house for not shoveling their driveway and uh, their resultant injury um in the commission of a crime they, they they sued them i think that's probably rachel honestly hello it is probably rachel hello my, my wife is now home my wife my wife okay i 90 dollars 90 dollars to donuts since i like using yeah. that saying lately um is that case is from the states and they're fucking yeah they're litigious um yes society is like that ridiculous way it's so silly like i i understand it like i get why you have to shovel your driveway because you should be making it safe but I actually think I was talking about this, like what is the cost to taxpayers? Like I lived in a condo. They just shoveled shit tons of salt everywhere. Cause they're like, we can't have a little bit in someone slips. Yeah. But because of that, all the dogs can't walk there because of their paws. Like salt gets in the paws and it yeah. hurts them a lot. So now we got to buy booty. So I was like, okay, what's the externality of this is like, we're pushing the cost of the potential for one guy to slip and fall. Now everyone who owns a dog has to spend money on dog boots. I'm like, what's the collective spent on dog boots in a year? I'm like, I don't know if it's, I, I don't know. I bet you it's more than you think. Probably, but you don't know what I think. Okay. What do you think? Let's go over under. 
Like, I, I don't... Oh, God. Okay, between Canada no, and the U.S. I'll do it this way. Let's I say, have no clue how much dogwoods even cost. Let's say like, between Canada and the U.S., for there's 350 million people. Let's yeah. say there's two people per household. Yeah. Uh, so we're down to what? Seven. 175 million. Okay. And let's say a third of those people have dogs. Does that seem accurate? That's approximately 60 million. Okay. And let's say 1.2 dogs per let's dog say having only household. A no, no. fifth of those. No, no. Let's do 1.2 dogs per dog having household. Because I feel, yeah. Fine. So what's what, that's 70. Let's do 70 million. 70 right? million. Okay. Let's say only a third of those people actually live in areas with snow. Cause like it doesn't apply if you're in California or Nevada okay, or something. So that's 23 and a third million dogs in dogs. snow having areas. Okay, let's say it's 20 bucks a year for dogs, but let's say only 50% of people actually do it. So that's six and a sixth million times 20, which is 120 six and two thirds million or something like that I'm so 125 doing this, million dollars a this year. is literally just off the yeah. top of my head but so like wait a second how many dog boots how many years are do dog boots last depends on that's why i'm saying like so, we, sometimes that's if every it. dog boot wearing dog so they could buying person yes. buys new dog boots every yes. year sorry that was a very bad sentence okay the point is to get like a scope let's even just say it's half of that or 40 percent like 40% of it would be like, let's say it's $50 million. million. Dollars. Yeah. yeah. Let's just use round numbers. 48.7. Well, what was that the other day? Someone was, uh, oh, <laughs> our GPS ways kept giving us the most ridiculous numbers. Instead of turn, like, what does it normally say? Turn in 300 meters. Yeah. This is like turn left in meters. 235 meters. What? Why? <laughs> I can't tell the difference between 250 and 235. Um, you can't? Oh my God. What a freak. <laughs> yeah. What a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, it's like a significant, I mean, it's not tons of money, but it's, it's just, it's an insignificant, not an insignificant amount of money spent on dog boots no. because we're over salting. Okay. That's my um, rant. <laughs> um, I had an idea for rants. Like yeah. you should be able to go on a rant for as long as it takes the other person to like eat a full muffin or something like that. In the muffin roll you want to. Or have, oh, a better one. Whole spoon of peanut butter. Because that one's tough, and you gotta, then you have to say yeah, you rant over without any um, like muffledness, and then yeah. you have to stop. So oh, in other words, so I could rant to your teeth, as man. much as I want. Also, then that. you could rant to Rachel forever because she can't get that down. <laughs> no, peanut butter. That's true. Yeah. Okay, almond butter. Some substitute spread. <laughs> yes, some. Nutella isn't acceptable. Okay, I've never had a spoonful of Nutella. Is it as? I don't think I. I feel like it'd be. I was I gonna say vis- viscous, but that's not the right term. Really. It is kind of viscosity. I just don't think I don't think I would enjoy a spoonful of it Nutella. Feels like overpowering. Like yeah, you? I feel like it would be too much sugar. No. I had a spoonful of peanut butter for the first time in a while. I used to love it. Yeah, craft peanut butter is a little too sweet for me now. As a kid, yeah. I loved it. I'm like, it's it's a lot of sugar. Okay. And so let's get back. <laughs> let's get back to the baseball discussion that we were on. Peanut um, butter, foreign substance. Good kay. idea. Okay. Um, <laughs> I actually feel like that would be a good. You think you'd get a good slip off of it? I, I don't know. Do. I don't know. It's oily. Um, it's very oily. So, do bottom line, do you have an issue with them doing what they're doing in general, though, with enforcing this now? I have an issue with how they're doing it, but I don't actually have an issue with enforcing the rules. Like to me, ninety-five percent of the time, instead of making changes, we should just be better enforcing the rules we already have. Yeah, that do should you be your think, first choice. Do you think that this will change the run environment in baseball? To any significant degree? No, because to me, 
there's so many other things that impact the run environment more. So to me, what would impact more? The dead and ball, um, potentially changing the uh, the mound height or depth <laughs> or distance. Rachel's attempt to stealthily get a get a burro. What do you got? A bureka there? Yeah. Uh, a cheese and olive bureka was unsuccessful. Womp womp. Um, <laughs> well, she got it. She did. Just not stealthily. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, I, I know Rachel knows this, but womp womp has become one of my favorite just random onomatopoeias to throw into things. I use womp womp a little it's bit. It's awesome uh, alliteration. It is. Actually, can it be an alliteration if it's the same word twice? I... Like wonderful whiskey. I, I feel like it's fine. cheating. That's alliteration. Yeah, it is like, alliteration, but it's cheating. You and know? does it rhyme? It rhymes and it's alliteration, but so it's you, like so, lazy. It's yeah, because I've said like I personally don't believe something can rhyme if it's the same word. Like that's not a rhyme. You can't rhyme grape with grape. Like that's not a rhyme. That's just a repeat. It's okay. Here's the thing. I think of it as a rhyme, but you're bad at your job. <laughs> <laughs> Do better. Yeah. Be good at things. Fair. What do you think about the substances though? I think that it's. I think that it's good that they're enforcing it. I think that they should have limits on how many times you can check people. I think that they should, I think that they should have had it consistent for, I know that they said in the off season, they're going to start enforcing it. But if you're saying in the off season, we're going to start enforcing it, enforce it day one. And I also think they should just have like a list of substances that they're okay with. Like they should say rosin is fine. This is fine. That's fine. And just like make a full list of stuff. That's just like, this is potentially advantageous, but is acceptable. And I think that they should kind of just like standardize it. They should just have every pitcher has the same pouches of stuff that is available to them. Okay. Almost like, now maybe this is getting, no, I'll say it, like a video game. You know, yeah. sometimes, what was that game? Backyard baseball? Yeah. We had like power-ups and you could like throw a yeah. fast, like a flame ball and it would like go super quick and it had flames behind it. Yeah. Like an ice ball. It would like freeze right before basically like yeah. an extreme fastball or an extreme changeup. Oh, I always thought of that as like a curveball, the way that it Maybe. dropped. It dies and just drops. I figure like curveball slower or changeup slower and freezes, freeze. Anyway, yeah, what if you got like one shot? Like you, you could use power ups. You could be like, okay, I'm using my one time where I get to use lotion. Attack, and yeah. you're just like, so you know, mm, yeah. I'm getting it real lotion y. Yeah, I I don't know. It would introduce strategy, but I also think it would feel kind of cheap. It would. It, I agree. No one would actually do it, but it would be. It, it's just fun. I don't know. I, I feel like we're too much ruled. Uh, me especially. I'm. I think we're very different on rule traditionalism. In oh, you want to keep things the same? I'm mostly a, a a status quo, but enforced properly type of thing. I agree. Where, enforced properly. I think you need to change with the times. Well, I think sometimes in, I think in do, this I case, think. I, th- I, I think the change with the times is minor. I don't think much. I, I said to me, the biggest thing is enforcement. And if after we have strong enforcement, people still think there's an issue, but like, I think hitters thought it was an issue. I don't think anyone else thought it was an issue. I never went. Well, wow. there's only two categories. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but I, no oh, you're saying I mean, fans. The fans. I don't think fans went wow, baseball is unwatchable because of foreign substances. No one gave a shit. I think that Josh Johnson's the only person who gives a shit. (laughs) I think that baseball thinks this might change the run environment a little bit by getting pitchers to, if you have fewer strikeouts because guys aren't throwing as hard and therefore you can possibly boost the run environment. 
I don't know. Maybe that's their thing. Because that's, I know, but to me... Because I don't think that... I think they don't want to... I think they want to increase the run environment without actually changing baseball substantially. And they think that this is a, a way... I think it might, you know, but that's increase the run environment by 0. 0.05 runs across the league. But that's another... At one extra run every 20 games, maybe? I know, I but know. to me, like, it might, but... Like... I don't think, if anything, I think the run environment has swung too far towards hitters. If anything, like we've had, never had more home runs and all this. It's like the same with like, if football was trying to make the run environment better by helping quarterback smarts, like that's not the side that needs more help. But there's, you, few, there's fewer rule, runs than, than ever before. Still, like no. since like the sixties. No, I mean, if you look at the decade, but like the last four years, each year we've gotten more runs than the last year. This is a low air era because of strikeouts, but because of home runs, it's, I think the low point was 2016 and every year since then home runs have carried the day and runs are actually up significantly in the last four or five years. Now, again, are they up over the last decade compared to like, it's still probably the lowest decade. Now, again, we're in a new decade now, so maybe it's different, but I don't think that's the issue. I also think the bigger issue is like people think, oh yeah, if there's more runs, people will watch. I'm like, I think that's a fundamental misunderstanding. I think, I think I like baseball and people like baseball, but don't try to be who you're not. Like, I don't think 18 year olds are going to love baseball because their brains are just wired differently. I think baseball is a slow sport and you got to lean into that. And I think they're trying to be what they're not. They're thinking, oh, our thesis is more runs equals more fans equals people come back. I'm like, no, to me, the thesis is doesn't matter how many runs you score i think it's about how much action there is per minute and baseball's too long and there's not enough action runs are one form of action but i think there's a lot of other things that happen i actually find strikeouts entertaining runs are not up this year they're not it's it's 4.47 a game last year is 4.65 a game the year before that it was 4.83 a game okay the year before that it was 4.46 and 4.65 4.48 then 2014 2015 uh, 2013 were pretty low, but the past okay, so past the, six years have so been maybe pretty I'm off stable. By a couple of years, but yeah. I know that because of home runs, that kind of reversed the trend of like, it, how many years are you looking back? I was just looking like the past decade. Um, the past decade, it was pretty low in in the early yeah teens, and then it picked s- up with the home runs. So again, maybe yeah. I just. Did you ever do this? 16 to today have been pretty stable. It was raising and now it's lowering again. Okay. Well, but how much? Minor? Like 0.2 runs uh, a okay. game uh, a drop ever, in the past Did you ever do years. this where like obviously time keeps going on, but you kind of forget that and you're like, oh yeah, I watched that movie like two years ago. And you're like, wait, no, I said that two years ago as well. So I guess it's four years. Oh wait, no. It's been eight years since Superbad or whatever it is. Like I it's literally been did. more than I know. It's I, been Superbad's 14 years. years. I know. But I did that the other day where I was like, oh, I just saw that two years ago. I was like, uh, let me look that up. Oh, it's been seven years since that. Never mind. I'm like stuck in I a... I love Superbad. So, it's so good. So but good. yeah, I'm stuck in the past clearly. But yeah, I, I personally don't think Old the run environment... man, Josh. I personally don't think the run environment is the issue. Do you? Um, I think if we... If like... I think if there were more runs... I'm not saying home runs because home runs are exciting. But I actually just... I think it's more exciting when you like have pressure situations where you got men in scoring position and you ha- a pitcher has to pitch through it and you get good battles and you have hits that score runs that don't need to be like 
I agree, but mm. I'm actually, this is going to sound more bold and many people might disagree. I'm actually more, I, I think more would happen if we shorten games to seven innings than increasing the run environment by 0.05. I think it would be a that's But that's a draw. much more drastic change. For to sure, me. which is why I don't think they'll do it. But like, I personally... I think changing the mound height or, or stuff like that is going to affect the run environment probably increase scoring without drastically changing the Agreed. nature of the game because that's a change that's been made but previously i know but again to me this gets back to the fundamental thing of like why do we need to change the run environment and the reason is because they think oh that will bring in more fans and i'm like i fundamentally don't agree with that to a strong degree yes if games are really low scoring it won't but to me i fundamentally think it's about the length of the game more than the run environment I don't care if the average is six runs a game. If the games are three and a half hours, four hours, I think a lot of people are going to be turned off. I don't think it's it's reasonable for people to expect to watch. Okay, the craziest thing. Um, YouTube now streams games. There's like a game of the week for baseball. Have you ever seen this? I did not know. Okay. I saw one the other day and it happened to be the Blue Jays. It's your job to promote the game of baseball and increase people's enjoyment of the game. That's your description. Because it was the weirdest thing I've ever heard. If they're like, yeah, baseball's just not as interesting. I'm like, why are you Get anyone this? else. Hire us. We'll do a better job. Yeah. It was, well, I will say, though, it was pretty funny. It was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, they were like... Uh, oh, and then one guy was like, I watch a lot of baseball. He's like, what's a lot of baseball? He's like, I, I'm on like the five streams at a time. He's like, but you're not really watching any one game then. Yeah. He's like, yes, I'm not. I, and that's the point. I honestly think. So he's watching the NFL red even, zone version. Literally, I don't think anyone watches a full game of baseball anymore. Puppy watches a full game of baseball, falls asleep for 60% of it. Like, yeah. who is actually, and this is my point. I like baseball. I love baseball. I don't I have it on in the background and I do other things sometimes. It's been, again I haven't. The things in between. What do you think of a pitch clock? I'm okay with it, but again, like it's got to be reasonable. Like yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I, I Yeah. Again, I just fundamentally don't think. Yes, there are people who go who take a long time, and that's boring as fuck. Yeah. I think we got. To me, the goal is get rid of the really, really boring stuff, and that will help a little. But to me, I'm like, I think they're trying to like. You can make changes around the margins, but like at the end of the day, it's still baseball, and yeah. like it's not for everyone. And we I need just, to just admit, I want to keep it's baseball as baseball everyone. with while still trying Fair. to. We also need to say quality of it. it's not going to be for everyone. We're not going to be like the reason why NBA is to me the hottest sport. And like, if I had to buy stock in one sport, it would be NBA way over NFL for health reasons, as well as the fact that they have the young generation, like the youngest generation loves basketball way more than any other sport. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a point every seven seconds. You know? Yeah. But not just that. It's the, like, it, the, watch the highlight reels. Yeah. And they're way more entertaining. Like a baseball highlight reel is like a guy had a homer, a guy got like, I don't know. It's not as, it's not as um, dramatic, and I don't feel like this as... Again, I love baseball, but I think they need to just, just keep being, hey, here's who we are, lean into it, 
cut cut out the boring shit. So like a little pitch clock might help and stuff like that. But like, don't try to change fundamentally and don't try to be who you're not. That's my yeah. big thing. And in, in, in relation to basketball and sort of clocks, I know I've spoken to you about this off this, but what do you think about, uh, have you looked up the video of everyone in Phoenix chanting whenever, um, so Giannis Antetokounmpo takes a long time on his free throws. And by the rules, you only have 10 seconds. So now the second that he gets his ball, every single free throw that he shoots, everyone in the stands in Phoenix, I think it was also somewhere else, starts counting up to see how many seconds it takes him to essentially try and shame the refs into hitting him with a 10 second violation. And they get to like 13 and 14 pretty regularly because he takes so so fucking long to shoot a free throw a free throw i know it shouldn't be 15 seconds between free throws. it's the shots. same as though like three in the key like if you ever watch a game ever like three in the key is violated all the time yeah but the refs still aren't calling it despite all the oh all, all i know or, also 10 or seconds holding, is holding on in football well that's also it's it's hard to like agreed the whole point is all these rules are broken all the time but we should be cutting out the egregious ones where it's easy it's hard to see a hold when there's a million moving pieces a free throw is there's nothing else you got to focus on just count one two three four like yeah. it's that one i agree that should be cut easily yeah that's also i just think that that rule 10 seconds i think that rule is too long i feel like five just put a five second clock on that and count it on one hand honestly just have the ref go like this maybe, maybe seven sure get those extra two fingers involved i'm okay with seven um yeah no but i i thought you were gonna say have you ever seen this video I can't remember what college. It's some small college, but they do this thing. It's so funny where when the shot clock's coming down, I think in college it's 35 seconds. Yeah. So instead of counting, they'll count down 10, nine on the shot clock, but they'll start it at seven. So people, or sorry, no, they'll start it counting at 10 at 15, but they'll start it at 10. So, so people, 15, 14, 13, 10, nine, eight, when there's still seven, like five seconds left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, in one game, they got like three, they got the other team to fall for it three times where they just kind of like, they relax and like, Oh, we got five seconds. Nope. You're done. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is that. That's the best strategy I've ever seen. Yeah. Cost nothing. Good fans right there. Great fans. Like better yeah. than the, actual team's defense the team's defense was shit and the fans were <laughs> like i don't believe most sports like there's a there obviously is a home court advantage but like they actually say it's the it's a lot of it is the, the influence of the refs of the fans yeah yes um, but this is a direct impact of the fans so good job guys good job random division two school i'm yeah, gonna guess <laughs> probably you're doing great um okay so let's move on um you want to talk about Jay's made two minor trades for relievers. Do you want to talk about that at yeah. all? I will, like I'm 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 pro both of these trades. I don't think we gave up much value. It's panic it's to Les in some prospect as all of their trades are. Like this 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 front office to me, they've made one bold move, which actually two bold moves. Fine, signing Ryu and Springer. How yeah. long have they been? How long is Shapiro? Seven seven years. Okay. No, it's been less than that. Maybe five, let's say. I don't know. Maybe more. Between five and seven. Yeah. Okay. They've made two bold moves over that time. And every other move they've made has been minor, but generally a good move. They make small positive moves. And they'll, like, to me, it's an arbitrage play where it's like, we're not going to, like, this isn't going to change the history. Like, it's not a huge blockbuster, but, like, if they see a free penny on the ground like they're gonna pick it up that's the way i see it is like they're just they're picking up free 
nickels or whatever you want to say. There's a saying like that where that's what they're doing. They're finding easy wins and they're taking them. And to me, both trades were positive. Yeah. Not going to be like life-changing moves, but like they're good moves. I like them. And they continue to make good, smart, small moves. And I think that's the right way. I don't think we need to do a blockbuster. Someone was saying we need to do an Anthopolis and like trade for... No. I like this strategy where it's like make moves around the edges and like just the underlying stats on this team. I think we have this number two run differential in the AL. Yeah. And, and, and for me, both these trades for relievers, they aren't about getting great relievers. They're about replacing our worst two relievers with competent relievers. That's it. Just get rid of the worst uh, offenders of our bullpen. We have a way better run differential than the Rays or the Red Sox. And to me, that means like the team is, We've blown a couple really silly games. We're like, oh, we're up by five in the in the ninth. Oh, and yeah. we lost it. We had like seven what, of those. What was the one where Chatwood like walked in? Uh, yeah, oh, it, oh but God. that's the point. Like you four straight walks or something like that. You get rid of a couple of these, and you just obviously like you just say regression the mean. You just say okay, the bullpen's like average from here on out, and like I think it makes a big difference. Yeah, I think the team is. You don't want to go all in in case something goes wrong, and you don't um make the playoffs but like this is the right kind of move to me where it's like low risk medium upside reward because like if you do make the playoffs it's much more valuable so yeah i like um, both of them though i like and i'm not i was never a tele, uh, rowdy Telez fan personally yeah. and uh, you know the, the one other small little thing about the trade but we traded him to the national league also if Telez turns it around which he did show a little bit more promise last year if he does turn around and reestablish it we're not facing him that often right it's not going to really there's very little way in which that comes back to bite us in any serious way both because i don't think that will happen and even if it does he's the other side he's he's on the other side the way i think of it is okay you're a first baseman like he's he provides zero positional value Absolutely, he's not no. a good base runner. He's not a good defensive player. So as a first baseman, you have he's a to bad hit. only player. You got to hit. Okay. So even if you're a decent hitter, you're like okay. Yeah. He like to make us regret it. He would need to be a great hitter. Yeah. I think the odds of that are low. Let's say he does have one or two good years. Like Justin Smoke had like a couple really good years. I don't think whatever team trades Smoke like Seattle. I don't think they ever went. Oh my God, we lost Smoke. He had three great years. Yeah. But like, it's still like. They're not so great that they're going to, oh my God, this made a day. Like, that's the point. He could have a really good year for the Nationals, and we wouldn't blink an eye. It's unlike any. It wasn't the, it was the Brewers? I sorry, Brewers. I mean, yeah. Sorry, you said National League, and yeah. in my mind, I yeah. went National. I'm, I'm just also going to throw this in there. I always liked Justin Smoke. Played good defense at first, had, you know, a positive bat. Um, played discipline was. Switch hitter. Yeah. You know, I always, always. Never heard any, I don't remember hearing anything bad about him ever. Justin Smoke. Good good memories of him on the team. Okay. You know, I I thought of this a while ago. Now, it's not Justin Smoke, but I always wanted, you know, there's a Hall of Fame. Yeah. I want there to be a Hall of, like, great. Like, yeah. Players who are, like, they clearly are not Hall of Famers, but they're, like, good for you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, either they had a great game, they had a great season, like, celebrating greatness but not excellence, you know? Like, to me, like, I'm trying to think, like, Blue Jays players, but, like, to me, I'm like, I don't know, like, is Aaron Hill, like, he was very good for a decent amount of time, like, or I don't know, or, like, Sean Green. Like, I'm only thinking Blue Jays right now. Yeah. But I'm thinking, like, there's got to be guys that you're like, 
that was really good. Or even yeah. like, again, to me, like s- celebrating like a single event where you're like, hey, remember that one game where Brandon Morrow like struck out 17 guys? Like, that's BJ a great Upton's game. zero pitch save yeah. that we were there for. That was a great moment. I loved that. That was amazing. Yeah. No, should be BJ Ryan. <laughs> BJ Ryan. What did I say? BJ Upton. Yeah. yeah. It's weird that we had two BJs on yeah. the team. On, no on, the, on the BJs, you know? Yeah. yeah. BJ squared. BJ cubed. Cubed. Wonderful. Um, but yeah, I've always liked that idea. Um, all right. Let's uh let's move off of the sports world into do you want uh, let's talk about some some popular culture events that have occurred. Um this one's gonna be just really quick and then we'll move on to I think what's the gonna be the bigger one. Another King Gizzard album. I know that like every third podcast you hear me say there's a new King Gizzard album. That's because they're just that that prolific in terms of just churning out albums at the same time love all of their albums and this new one butterfly 3000 is right up my alley yeah. it's so happy and positive and synthy and poppy but still being like having their underlying weirdness of just like that's polyrhythmic modular synthesis stuff and it's just lo- it's just lovely very i I've, I've been jamming to this album it's it's already in like my list of top king gizzard albums okay so i have not listened to it intentionally and by not li- i mean i listened to the first song for like a minute and a half and i was mm-hmm. really into it and i paused because i'm like i think i'm gonna like this album i kind of want to do it for the album you next want week. so i intentionally didn't listen you know to it. we can do we can do that yeah because I, I intentionally actually... did not listen to it i was like stop i'm gonna suggest it okay yeah let's do that we'll do that for next week um yeah. actually well it, it's 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 my choice we'll we'll, we'll make a put a pin in it we'll put a pin in it so yeah. we'll cut off discussion but um, new King Gizzard. I, I, yeah, because I have not listened to it other than a minute and a half, and I, was, yeah. I will say I was digging it. Yeah, I was digging it. Yeah, me. Um, I was, it's the same. I was like, I think I'm looking to like it too much. Yeah. Um. So let's move on to the another thing that happened was um new Bo Burnham special called Inside was released. Um. Okay. Speaking of music, listening. Yeah. Do you listen to music when you work? Yes. What do you listen to? Um, well, usually I'm listening to a lot of podcasts, but when I listen to music, it's usually, uh, whatever I'm like, I kind of go on like tears of something like that. I'll go, oh, wait a second. Oh, I need my, I need my charge cable for my laptop. It's going to die. Ah, okay. We're, I, we're going to get the charge cable. I just speak loudly so I can hear you. Ah, okay. So I, when I work, I have to write emails out. And so it's not great to listen to podcasts because I end up just writing whatever the podcast is talking. So I can't do that. So I need something that's very rhythmic, very um, repetitive. So EDM is good or, or some kind of electronic pump up music, something like that. I did rock for a while and I did the full Typhoons album. So I was into that for a while, but I was doing it so much that I was like, okay, I need something else. So do you know what I found that I now listen to? Whenever last week was a crazy week at work, very stressful, and I needed something to zone out to. Jeffrey Bezos, one Jeffrey hour remix. Bezos. It's a one hour version of it over and over again. And I listened to that probably six or seven times. I listened to Jeffrey Bezos song for seven hours last week by far. It is a banger. I love it. It is my <laughs> favorite song ever now. Jeffrey Bezos. Yeah. No, it's you, you prefer the the, the, the first, first line one. is better. CEO entrepreneur. Anyways, the best line is the the second half. 
their wives, yeah. drink their blood. I know. Well, Come on, uh, Jeffrey. Well, do it. Bring it Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg and Gates and Buffett. Amateurs can fucking suck it. Fuck their wives, drink their blood. Come on, Jeffrey. Do it. Yeah, it's, it's, honestly, listening to it over and over again, like, the words stop meaning anything. And I honestly have never worked so fast in my life. I was, I was in the zone. Like, you know, flow, like they say, it wasn't like that state of thing where you're just like so in music, like everything else dissolved. All I focused on was the computer. That is my new work song. You know what I've strangely been listening to a lot at work is a lot of Queens of the Stone Age, which I don't think of as like accounting music, but do you think of yourself as an accountant? I think of accounting in accounting. Uh, I don't know. I kind of think of myself as working in film and television. That's my point. Like yeah. what you do within film and television is accounting. But do you think maybe this is too far a question down the line, but like this is what you're currently doing in film and television. Do you think that people in film and television kind of like it's easier to maneuver to different roles or do you think you kind of stick in if you're in finance, you're staying in finance, if you're in the accounts payable or whatever department you're sticking in that line. Um, there's a lot you there's there is good opportunities for mobility because once you're part of the union it's really easy to move to a different part of that union so i could move into locations or ad's and all sorts of stuff but i think i'm gonna stick with accounting for for a while at least okay it's doing well for me yeah um but inside bo burnham yeah jeffrey bezos done we don't have to talk about anything it's the greatest (laughs) song ever listen to jeffrey bezos jeffrey bezos won and two. Two's good. And two's good. Two I always find funny because this is such just like, oh, congratulations. It's like, oh, you became the richest man. Good for you, fucker. Well, he did. Yeah. Then, then, first of all, have we ever seen a more change in the richest man that you, in this year? Or like the last 12 months? It was like someone else, then in Bezos. Mu- then Musk, then, then Bezos. Then Musk, then Bezos, then Bernard, who owns LVMH. And then I think it's back to Bezos. Like, it's like seven changes in a total. Like, it was a lot of changes. Yeah. Turnover at the top. Yeah. And not just that, like, Musk and Bezos were, like, way down the list. It wasn't, like, one and two flipping. This was, like, Musk, a year, like, two years ago was, like, number, I don't know, 50. Oh, wow. So far down the list. Yeah. yeah. Only the 50th richest man in the world before oh. Musk. Yeah. What a loser. Um, and that's Congratulations. Then. Um, but uh, the special... Here, here's what I'm going to say. It's, I don't like to think of it as a comedy special because it's, it's not a stand-up special. It's a one-man show that he's produced and directed. Um, so I don't think, like, because I was thinking about where is this in terms of, like, great stand-up specials? And I don't think it's fair to do that to other specials because as much as other ones are great, I don't feel like it's competing on the same level. Okay. To me, it's an exploration of one man's journey uh, who happens to be a comedian through COVID. Yeah. To me, that's all it is. It's like, it is not a comedy special. He happens to be a comedian. And so that's how he expresses himself as he, it's like a vlog. You know, people were like doing daily vlogs and like, oh, this is me and through COVID. It's like, this is how he got through it. And it happened to be by creating short, funny skits, but some of them aren't funny. Some of them are like deep and touching and some of them are deep and touching and funny. And some of them are just funny. And like, some of them are meaningless, but like, that's how I saw it. Unpaid intern. Yeah. (laughs) That one's. Pretty, pretty meaningless, but pretty fun. Um, but that's why, to me, I very much enjoyed it. Because to me, it was very much about, like, to me, it wasn't about, 
the song was about his journey through COVID. Yeah. And like learning more about himself and anxiety and all that stuff. I do think it was one of the, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's well, maybe the best new thing that I've seen from 2021 in terms of like film television. Have you seen Loki? I have not seen Loki yet. I like Loki. Okay. Um, yeah. I know I, I like it better than inside, but I like it a lot. All right. Um, you got anything else in terms of quick hits or let's um no i think that's everything all right let's move on to a jam session uh jam session was uh the album was picked by you yes typhoons by royal blood um we've seen royal blood uh saw them open for queens of the stone age when excellente they were amazing um big fans um that was after their second album which was not as good as their not, first. not as good as their first had mostly the same sound but just not as good songs uh, i guess okay. so i'll say this their first one was amazing yeah the second one i don't think it was as bad as i originally thought it was disappointing because it didn't take a step forwards yeah it but was, it was still very good it, it was just treading I think it was water what, is what it was but to me that's the point like it's okay it's treading water but if you're great I, again to yeah. me i think the biggest difference was like expectations because then when i after w- listening to typhoons i went back and listened to the same, second album same and i liked it more yeah i thought it was good but i think it was like it's the same like i always call it shutter island syndrome because to me it's like i expected the world from shutter island and i was massively disappointed but it was a good movie but i just eh, it's I, what I, your expectations I, I, are. I rewatched shutter island as part of my martin scorsese pro- and I mean, it's a good movie. It's good. It's not great. It's it's, it's good. It, I still think point. of it as a you disappointment. Ex- <laughs> but if you, okay. But if anyone other than Scorsese made it, would you think it's a better movie? Like that's my point. To me, it's like oh, it's one of Scorsese. It's not as good for Scorsese. It's like the same I, thing. I don't even think that. It's, it's I don't know. I think of that cast. I think of who wrote the novel that's based off of everything. Like it was uh, Dennis Lehane was the the guy who wrote uh gone baby gone and i like uh, that movie a lot yeah a couple other things i really like he's a really good writer he wrote uh, the guy who wrote mystic river also that's I i'm a re- bigger fan of oh sorry gone baby gone that's baby the gone. casey affleck one directed by ben affleck yes about the missing girl i think i like that one better than mystic river really i think i saw them both like back to back actually like i literally saw them within a week a mm. number of years ago been a while yeah but i think i like Gone Baby Gone better. I saw yeah. Gone Baby Gone again. Gone Baby recently. Gone is Morgan Freeman, right? Morgan Freeman, Casey yeah, Affleck. I like that one a lot. Yeah. That's really good. I need. I feel like Mystic River is underrated now. I feel like in any year other than the year that was in, it would have won Best Picture because it was up against Lord of the Rings three, where it's just like I was not a fan no, of Sean Penn. Really? He's he doesn't do it for me. Oh. He, he was great in it, but he just doesn't like. I don't so know. You're why. saying General Sean Penn, you don't like. What else is Sean? I mean, I kind of have some ideas, but like, I can't think of a movie where I'm like, oh, I really like Sean Penn in this. Like, he's a good actor, but I just like... Also, he's directed some good stuff. He directed um, Into the Wild, which was really good. You seen Into the Wild? Is that the one with Hirsch? Yeah. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, it's directed um, by Sean Penn. It's okay, good. but what's a movie with Sean Penn in it? Um, I mean, Mystic River is one of his, his best. Dead Man Walking. Um... Is really good in Milk, even though I'm not a huge fan of the movie. It's like a pretty. I haven't seen it. That's what, I a, literally don't a, think I've seen. I think that's the only movie I've seen with Sean Penn, and I'm like, no, I'm sure I've seen something else, but like, just not a Sean Penn fan. Yeah, I think in like his personal life, not a, I have not heard good things about Sean Penn in his personal life. He's a good actor, though. 
Yeah, there's no he's, doubt. Like, I feel like he's very... But is it possible to be, like, a good actor and just, like, not like their vibes to, like, e- in the movie, not, like, personally? I, I try to do a good job of separating, like, the person from the actor. Like, um, Dua Lipa has some political opinions that I don't agree with, but, like, her music's banging. So I'm like, yeah, I like her music. <laughs> you know, I try to, I try to separate those. I don't know anything about her politics, and I think we gotta keep it that way, just because I like her music. Yeah, that's the point. But I think everyone should. Like again, yeah. bold, bold, bold opinion. I think I've said it before. It's like the art reason- and artist keep them separated. Well, yes, but you gotta keep them separated. You know what I'm going with? What? R. Kelly. Oh, like he's got one good song, so it's easy to disown him because of his actions. Michael Jackson probably did some bad stuff. I don't know exactly, but like if I'm betting, probably. But he's got too many good songs. So you yeah. like you got to separate it. You can't you can't yeah. erase that discography. Yeah, if Dua, if Dua Lipa had, eh, she was just like okay, like who's an if she was Carly Rae Jepsen and I disagreed with Carly Rae Jepsen's, I'd be like okay, I cannot listen to Carly Rae Jepsen anymore. But like if I really like your songs and you're a really good artist, I think you got to do like really bad shit for me to like. Well, go. I mean, <laughs> I, I from what I remember, I, I don't want to slander sean penn here because i'm not going off of anything basis yeah but um i'm pretty sure he was like an abusive husband like beat madonna when they were married level of abusive so not doesn't sound like a good guy from i i might be might be misremembering that yeah i wouldn't know anyway but because this was like that doesn't make him a better or worse actor yeah it doesn't change his actor actorly ability you can say i don't want to support that and i respect that opinion but i think i personally want like separating them for great artists again for mediocre ones i'm not going to to me it's the same thing like um there's there's nba players where like something minor will happen and they'll be like oh we're sorry we're gonna cut you because you're being difficult if colin kaepernick now nothing's wrong but like when he stood up for black lives matter at the time it was too political for him to make a roster but if it was tom brady who said the exact same thing do you think i don't think people would have cut tom brady or left him as a free agent like there's no way and so that's my point it's like it's about the marginal player that in, gets in cut. the nfl where yep. where ray rice was back on a roster pretty shortly after exactly yeah he's getting he's getting a contract did ray rice get back on the roster he did kareem hunt got back on a roster also i don't remember any i i do not remember ray rice I was saying about that, that I do remember some other guys, like, there's the guy in the Cowboys who, like, assault. He was suspended. He was never even cut from the team, I don't think, Ray Rice. Really? That yeah. one's surprising, because, like, that one, to me, like... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. There's to me, a, that one was sh- so bad because of the video. Like, to me, it's one thing for someone to get accused, because people can go, oh, maybe it didn't happen, or, like, out of sight, out of mind. And most of these guys, like, they'll they'll get accused, so nothing will happen, They'll, they'll be out of the league for a year and then people let them back because if they're good enough, people like the NFL always wants talent. But like, I am shocked if that happened because to me, maybe it did, but I'm like, that video was bad. That was a bad video. Yeah, no, he was cut. He was cut. Yeah. Um, I was like, there was no, like to me, I don't think they cut him until the video. I think they're like, we're investigating. And then the yeah. video came out. They're like, he's cut. He's cut this moment. Like, it is impossible to back that up from, to me, the whole thing's PR. Like, it is impossible to not cut him when that video came out. Yeah. Um, Inside. No, wait, what yeah. are we talking about? We're talking about typhoons. Typhoons. Okay, so. Um, Inside typhoons. Typhoons. I really like this album. Me too. I, I'm, uh, it was good. It was dancey. There's a lot of things. I'm, I'm actually going to start with the thing that I 
didn't like about it, and then we can talk about everything else. Sounds good. I feel like they've wasted this drummer a little bit. This drummer is a, he's a really good drummer. He's really he's precise. He can play with power. He, he, I really like his drumming, and I feel like on this album he's asked to mostly be a, a, a drum machine. And I, I mean, that's kind of when when you're going towards dancier stuff, you kind of need a little bit more of that. But at the same time, I kind of feel. I, f- I feel like he's a little wasted. Let me ask on you this. this were there any songs where he got to show off his. There's like endings of songs where he does, um, where he, he gets to do good, really nice, powerful drumming and big fills at the near the end of songs or for short periods. But I was listening to, I listened to both of their previous albums as well. They're self titled and How Did We Get So Dark. Um, and he, he's just really. He's you can feel his presence a lot more on those other albums than sure. on this one. Um, that's pretty much my only complaint about this album. <laughs> that is that, and there's like little things where okay. I just feel like some some things like reminded me too much of other stuff. Like Boilermaker, it's a really good song. The second I heard it, I was just like, "This sounds like um, the way you used to by Queens of the Stone Age." Oh yeah, it does yeah. And actually, I looked that it was up. Actually, one of my least favorite songs on the album. It's a good. It was too. Not because in and of itself, I I thought it didn't belong with this album, if that makes sense. I thought that song was... It was the first album that they made, the first song that they made for this album. And you know who produced it? Yeah. Josh Homme. There you go. Like, that's my point. To me, the rest of the album was more dancey, and that one was more classic rock. Yeah. And so that one didn't... It was like pop rock, still a little. Yeah. But I thought that one was stood out in a different way that one in the last song which was more of a a ballad on the a ballad yeah, yeah which is again didn't dislike the song i didn't yeah. dislike either song both songs are good to me i was more like i thought all the other songs were very tight in in their styling mm-hmm. and i thought those two were varied significantly from the yeah. rest of the album uh, they they strayed from the general vibe yes yeah. but again still like them both in still and like of itself like yeah. i think it's about when again i tried to do what you were doing Normally, I just listen to songs. Yeah. This time, I would just listen to the full album. Yeah. And so, those two stood out. And in fact, I often skip the last one because, yeah. again, if I'm working, it was going like, and I'm like, up. And then it's like the ballad and you're like, I, yeah. yeah, it brings down the energy too much. But it's a good song in and of itself. I, f- I feel like... All we have is now. Yeah, I feel like we need... We need B-sides again. We need singles with B-sides so you can throw okay, this and... Hold on. Did so, you listen to... So, the the last two songs, were the other two songs that weren't on the standard edition of the album were Space and King or something like that. Yeah. King didn't do it for me. Okay. Space loved it. It was a great song. Yes. I thought Space should have been on the album. Space was dope. Yeah. Space is also produced by Josh Homme. That and, one was great. Yeah. And I feel like there's... I was going to say this. I've been listening to, to some of their stuff, and there's moments where you can hear both in like the riffs and in his vocal inflections... But the wasn't the lead guy Mike Kerr or whatever his name is I think. Yep. He really really wants to be Josh Homme. You can hear it sometimes in the, in the riffs that he plays and in his vocal inflection. He just wants. I don't think there's anything wrong with like emulating. No, especially when it's like. I'm just gonna say this. Queens of the Stone Age is kind of like my idea of what a modern hard rock band should be. Love them. I yeah. Kind of are can't they wait are for they them the, to do another album? Same. Are they are they like the prime example of hard rock? in the modern yeah i don't know if i'd say hard rock 
but they're they're definitely like they're not soft rock and they're yeah. not pop rock. They're well, they're pop rock they're, without being like to they're me heavier rock without being hard. Yes, rock? maybe heavier. Yeah, because to me it's like someone was like, "Oh, the number one rock band in the last five years is Imagine Dragons." I'm like, "That's not rock. That's pop. That That's is pop. pop. That happens with to play guitars. Instruments. Yeah, yes, yeah. guitars. Like to me, they're just rock. Queens of Stone is just rock. Yeah, these other ones that say they're rock are not real rock." By that definition, is, is does that definition depend on the era? Because are the Beatles pop with guitars or are they rock music to you? They're rock music because I think it does depend on the era. Yeah, I was going to say. But also some of the Beatles stuff is almost like none of it's harder, but some of there them is. There is some. Like, um, She's So Heavy gets pretty yes. hard. And um, there are some. Helter Skelter is actually Yeah, there's some ones with some pretty jamming yeah. guitars. But yes, it's. I mean, there's also some very... There's some of their stuff is not even rock. It's like straight pop. Like yeah, honey pie. Yeah, you're driving me. It's 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 like um a Tin Pan Alley pop yes. song. So and much. I think you can tell again yeah. to me. There's no like right or wrong answer. It's like a feeling. But to me, yeah, I I, I agree with you. The Queens of Stone Ages. Also, I love them. Crooked yeah. Vultures. Yeah, I wish uh, they came out with a second album. Yeah, um, which is Josh on me. Yeah, um, but Typhoons. This is a this is a great album. I've been listening to it a ton and honestly the the like for a while I was talking I was thinking about the run from uh, who needs friends through to either you want it is amazing but even the songs like from even what from the mean? start yeah okay. from the start is interesting just great. so you said from who needs friends till to either you want it yeah that skips troubles coming which I love mm-hmm. oblivion which I love and typhoons which I love I personally yeah. love those I, I love at who first, needs friends I mean, troubles coming and typhoons was a little bit too simple yeah. No, I was gonna say it's just a little too poppy for what I wanted out of them. Whereas, like, who needs friends through to either you want? I felt like there was a little, some of the more dancey stuff in there, but also there is like, who needs friends and either you want are, are ones that I think of as more yeah. classically royal blood. I'd be especially who needs friends to hear. Yeah, I do love that one, but yeah. I'd be curious. So, like, what are your if you had to choose three songs from this album? Um, okay, my favorite of the dancey ones is Limbo. Same, it's amazing. Yeah. Um. And then maybe the, maybe the other two, I, I don't have the, the track list in front of me, but off the top of my head, I would think maybe Who Needs Friends and Either You Want It or the other. Uh, really? Million and One is also really good, but um, I, I really love Who Needs Friends and Either You Want It might be my really? favorite on the album. So it's I love Hold On, the second so last. So you gotta hold on. Yeah. yeah, that one I thought was a bad I have a I have a, another quick opinion about that. So sure. Mad Visions has a really I like Mad Visions too, good but, transition uh, into yeah. Hold On. Yeah. I, the transition is great. I do think both songs would be better individually without the transition, and maybe the album would work better without because the transition. Because you think they're just too similar? I just feel like it, it. they don't feel like they have their own place. I feel like they, they move too, too seamlessly for the... Because that's also the only time that there's like a seamless transition, and it doesn't give either of those songs like a place to shine, I guess. Um, but I, I feel like what happened was the transition it was really good and they just felt like they couldn't get rid of it because it works too well yeah, maybe. just in isolation. I thought Hold On was a fucking banger. So I love it. Like hold On. That's like a, so that's usually the last one that you listen to. On yeah, the I literally have listened to that one. I literally will listen to it and then just cut yeah. it off. And I, It's good. It is great. I'm, it, it's Limbo not, though is like... Limbo also. There's some stuff in some of these things where I'm listening to I'm like, man, they must have been listening to like a lot of like house and disco stuff because the, there's a moment in um i think it's in limbo where you have this piano that's got a filter on it and then the filter opens up 
and it's, and it just sounds I guess almost like late two thousand this is gonna sound really late two thousands house, like particularly kind of dead mousey in a little bit of a way, like from ran, like a little bit of stuff from random album title. And then there's uh, one of these songs has a break, which just made me think of the break in Thriller by Michael Jackson. I think it's the break near the end of Mad Visions. Yeah, that 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 break there really sounds kind of, reminds me of Thriller. Um, but yeah, um, I really think Space should have been on this album. Yeah, I was. Gonna, I, it's really great. Honestly, if you ask me to pick like the my least favorite album song, I think it's All We Have Is Now, which isn't a bad song. Which yeah, is like it just doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. Honestly, after that, it's pretty t- like I think King would be my next one, but that's on not King, on the album. Yeah. and like, then it's maybe pretty tough for me to pick because yeah. to me. I think the whole album, like, I, I don't, I'd need to re-listen to Either You Want It and Who Needs Friends. I like them both, but I can't, I can't remember which one I like more. That's a good thing when, like, yeah. you basically like it all just of, like, works. all of the songs it, it, a lot. <laughs> it runs through really nicely. I yep. think the sequencing was done really well, I think. And it's not too long. It's like, not if you too long. It's like a full f- album, it's like 38 minute. minutes. Yeah. yeah. It's a salt like, I remember, can't remember, uh, okay. This is going to be a very classic Michael moment, but there's a, 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 when Radiohead released one of their albums, King of Limbs, it's under 40 minutes, and they got asked a lot of questions about it, and they said, they used to be really common. A lot of Beatles albums, uh, Beach Boys albums, and classic albums, sometimes just under 40 minutes, you get in, you get out, you get all of the best stuff that you recorded, and then you're done. Why do you need more than that? Yep. Trim the fat. And I'm just like, yeah. And I think the example that they used is What's Going On by Marvin Gaye is like 37 minutes. And that's like, to some people, like one of the the, the most classicist, classicist, most classic most albums classic, yeah. of 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 all time. What's going on? I know that's a different song. Yeah. Um. But uh, uh, my final assessment: two thumbs up for Typhoons. Recommended it to Dags. I feel like it would it so fit, good. Yeah. And it, yes, he would love it. But I yeah. will also sound that I agree. Like to me, I don't listen to as many full albums as you but to me i think that this has happened as a problem in tv shows now where like sometimes it's like hey get in get out like you don't need to sometimes you want more deeper exploration of character but not every show needs to be breaking bad yeah you don't some shows i'm like this could have been 30 minutes didn't need an hour didn't no. or or maybe 37 instead yeah. of 48 you, you, do, you, you don't always need like a, a 58 minute album or anything like that which i agree you, if you can get it done in 37 minutes uh, on this case i would have included space yeah. but besides that like yeah, yeah. you don't you, get you, brownie you, points from being more like for length you don't get yeah that. no um you know one last comment that i have about this i was about to move on but i was thinking about their first album and their second album as well i think very little besides just like it was bass vocals drums pretty much nothing else it was very much just those two guys like almost capturing a live feeling 
Although it is very studio produced, their first album. By the way, it's their longest album at 37 minutes. Yeah. Well, (laughs) their other ones are 32 and 34. Yeah. This one's got more going on, which I... For sure. Yeah. So they they did take that step that they didn't take with the second album. Okay. Two more things. So one, I personally like that. Like at the time that I first heard Royal Blood my they were one of my favorite new album uh, artists and my yeah. favorite album artist at the time was black keys which is yeah. also like a two-person band like i think sometimes you can like you can focus on that core like oftentimes i think we you're also a fan of uh death from above 1979 yes I, I mean at the time i wasn't but i am now i think that was a couple years later but like i personally think when you have fewer band members you can like focus on what is your core sound? What is your core sound? And, and that doesn't mean that it's a, good for everyone. Some yeah. I like lots of bands have lots. I love Arcade Fire. They got a million fucking members. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> their touring band is sometimes like 12 people. It's again, funny. I always have to relate something back to business. But like sometimes I think businesses grow too much. And it's like what and you kind of lose focus yeah. and direction. I feel like bands can get like what made us great. Yeah. We are we have a rhythm section and we have a, you know, and the beat and like yeah. this is this is good this is this good is let's yeah and and he has i'm gonna say this the the bass guitarist for royal blood i think it's mike kerr or something like that his name he's got one of the most interesting bass tones of any any bassist ever and i like mm-hmm. i looked into how it's how he does it it's really interesting and it's, it's creative and i it's just no one sounds like that with a bass guitar except for him really which i think is fantastic um yeah two thumbs up love it good stuff. i loved it too i right. i will continue to listen to it same often um yeah okay uh, all right you had so a stupid conversation i have a stupid conversation i think it's a good one we're going back to the world of harry potter here on this one okay i gotta be honest haven't watched harry potter in a really long time okay. or sorry i've read harry potter more recently than i've watched it okay. i so, read the last book four years ago or five years ago haven't seen the movies in seven eight years so this one is about i was thinking about because of baseball and their illicit substances thing so there's sports in the harry potter world there's quidditch right yep and there's potions such as felix felicis which gives you perfect luck and everything goes right for you right mm-hmm. how do they stop pro players from using felix felicis as a performance enhancing drug because you can't get caught with it because that would be unlucky you can't right that would break the purpose of the of, of the thing. You would have to, the spell that would catch PEDs would have to fail because you're being enhanced by Felix Felicis. I don't know if that's true. Does that perfect luck potion, like, I don't know potions, but like, can you not make a potion that overrides another potion? I, I Like, feel- what if my perfect luck, you take a perfect luck potion, I take a perfect luck potion, and we're both in for a job interview. Like, are we both getting at the job? They're going to make a second position. Maybe. They're going to make it, like... But what does one person have to get more lucky? Like, if they make a second position, which one will be paid more? Which one would be higher? They'll up? just pay you both <laughs> the exact. They'll 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 create. What if the a, person doing the interview also did it? Like suddenly their job. Like they'll have gotten two great candidates out of it. You I know? know, but aren't they now paying too much because they only needed one position? Like they can. You know what they'll do? They'll find room in the budget for it by cutting whoever was the weakest. They'll be like, huh? I really need what both if the of person these who's guys. The weakest also takes it. So here's the thing. What if everyone <laughs> took it? Basically, everyone on the planet took it. Um, Felix Felicis is I. That's f- utopia. <laughs> Felix Felicis, from what I remember, is like one of the hardest potions on the planet to make. Just, just like bar none. It's nearly. It's like so so specific to make. It sounds like. What's to stop them? There isn't. 
Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. Like, do, do they, like, drug test? Do, do you think they do urine tests in the Quidditch world afterwards? Do potions leave biological traces in the body that can be detected? For, like, they're like, hmm, he's got wormwood in his blood. Maybe he was taking this. Or, like, boom slang. Does boom slang skin leave biological traces in urine? I would bet that there is some form of, like... There is. There would be. Let's start with that. There, no, there would is. Be. What do you mean? Wizards are real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, like 100%. Um, to me, like, forget about this. Like, I'm thinking the Black Sox in, in baseball. Mm-hmm. Like, that famous cheating scandal. Where, like, to me, I have no idea how much a Quidditch player makes. But, like, I would think there's more money to be made betting on Quidditch than there is in Quidditch. And it's similar to, like, the college sports today where, like, Harry's not getting paid to play Quidditch. No, but there are professional players. There are right? professional. I'm saying in college, Victor Crumb is probably making galleons on galleons, baby. Probably, but Stacking if you're a them. college player, aka like Harry, he's not college, whatever yeah. school player. Like, why wouldn't you bet on that game? And then, like, even if it's a very difficult potion to make, like, I don't know. I feel like that would actually make an interesting side novel, just like a expose by one of like who's the writer who wrote. Yeah, you know, there's a the writer. Oh, who, oh, the the one who's terrible. And, yeah, I know. But what she you're like about. uncovers a a, a, a cheating scandal, cheating yeah. scandal in the world yeah. of um, amateur of, Quidditge. Yeah, of of Hogwarts Quidditge. Yeah, yeah. And then and then uh, because of that, like there's backers who were trying to get the team to win, and they were giving and then uh, trying Dumbled- to influence the sort of yeah, towards their house. <laughs> push to resign because of this and yeah i actually think rita skeeter that's her name yes or or exactly what you said like yeah maybe like oh we want gryffindor to win and so like the guy said oh yeah the this guy's uh on a scholarship for quiz yeah it said gryffindor i heard it like i i wouldn't be surprised if there's definitely thing could you tell because the time that they're sorted they're pretty young like you'd have to have pretty early scouting going on this kid walks in he's six seven (laughs) first year yeah <laughs> oh my god um yeah that's half my- ogre or something actually our only hu- not only humans There's half are- giants half giants because hagrid's a half giant but do- but don't they have lesser magic um no he was fully admitted he just got kicked out because of he was blamed for the chamber of secrets okay. and the first time that the chamber was opened when he was keeping aragog but even though it was the basilisk do- which was being brought out by voldemort sorry i'm going deep into the so lore do other creatures have magic and can some, be wizards some do i'm not because it seems like only humans are wizards and witches i'm sure that there are uh there's werewolves but those started out as humans i guess but and, where, what, are the, and what are the ones that change uh animagus animagi plural but those are wizards who gain the ability through wizardry to to change okay um, it's like what are the mer people i don't know if they have wands I know that there's like the the is it the gnomes who are like very not gnomes who runs the bank? Gobl- the goblins yeah. are are very suspicious of people of humans because humans keep the wand keep making technology to themselves and not don't share it with so the it other species. Like, I mean, now we're going on a separate little tangent, but like seems like anyone could be magical, but humans with have a- yeah with a wand. Well, no, not sorry, not anyone, but. There are other creatures that had the potential to have to control the magic that they have. Yeah. Uh, also, let's just get on. What the fuck is up with that? The people, the, the wizards keeping the goblins out of the magic community. That just seems like specious. It is. <laughs> I agree. 
Yeah. Now, who knows? Maybe there's good reason for it. I don't know. Grip Hook seemed like an okay guy. Yeah, I know. But I don't know. It's a good question. I think there's definitely cheating, though. There's no doubt there's cheating. In yeah. fact, wasn't there literally cheating in one of the books? No, he, he pretends to slip um, Ron, the Felix Felicis, but he doesn't actually. And Ron has a great game because now he's got the confidence to think that he can't make any mistakes. So he space jammed him. Yeah. It's my special stuff. Yeah. That's, uh, that's exactly how that worked. Um, wow, I didn't realize how much uh, Harry Potter stole from Space Jam, you know? Basically a shot-for-shot shot remake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a seven-movie shot-for-shot yes. shot remake. I, I mean, yeah, I think there's definitely cheating going on. There's no and, doubt. And, and, and Harry and, is Bugs or Harry is Michael Jordan? Uh, Bugs. Bugs. Who's Hold Michael? On. Is, is Who Hermione makes the Felix Fe- Felicis? Um, Professor Slughorn makes it. Okay. And why does he make it? Um, he makes it as a reward for whoever can make the best draft of living death um, in his early class. You have a ridiculous memory. Yeah, this is this is book six. This okay. is when still, Harry first me, gets the Half-Blood Prince copy of Potion Making. And I gotta go back to this. So, this is a very tough potion to make. Yeah. And it's given. And this is like, you're gonna be extra, extra lucky. And it's given for like a grade eight finals no this this isn't even first off it's not fine it's more like a grade grade 12. nine midterm grade 12 a grade midterm? 12 like the first project of grade 12 it Open seems like an overkill it's the only one that he gives out though he's just like he wants to set the mood with this fair um still yeah and he like says oh don't use it when you're taking exams it's just like what Why are you not? doing to stop that yeah you got nothing it seems like the strangest thing ever because again like it also now i'm thinking like what does it control free will it, like, like if you have good, Harry like, just does what um, is good luck well like in the movies which is like our best visual representation he just acts like weird and he's just like i feel like going to this place and he walks over there and he like talks to people which he wouldn't usually talk to in ways that he wouldn't usually talk he's kind of acting that's like he's point. a little high a little that's bit like, like just like does he have any free will is he doing this or is the potion like this is what will get you the most points like in light like this will give you the most luck and you like you don't want to do it the potion's like making you talk to these people i think the potion like or vice versa it, 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 it doesn't make you but it puts the idea into your head to do it it influences you without actually that's forcing it, doesn't, it. Yes, it doesn't you could resist you. it but why would you that's you my, feel great that's my I point i feel like it's it seems very much like a drug yeah i know but he seems too unnaturally happy and this is kind of my point like it's gonna seem a little off out of nowhere but like okay oh let's say quickly new side story for harry potter a guy who's addicted to felix felicis and he can no longer experience life outside of it because any bad he's done it too much and any normal life where he can't experience it at the utmost perfection is is held to him now A, a drug story yeah they've got harry potter a drug story yeah you know i'm thinking like a level of trap like the basically train spotting oh i think <laughs> no tra- let's do let's do train spotting yeah train spotting but with in, in the scene where he goes down the toilets he actually goes down the toilets into the layer underneath yes, the girl's bathroom exactly. on the second floor there you um, go oh, what was i saying oh shit um oh right okay free will yes okay let's take a different example so you're saying oh it doesn't it doesn't make you but it influences you yeah i, I was saying this the other day so i'm like how is facebook i know it's gonna sound different different than mind control like if it shows 
an image to 10,000 people and it knows that 20% of them will act a certain way because of that. They don't know which 20%, but like, it's is that not like... Mass, it's not mind control. It's, it's, or, there's a difference between influence and forcing. It's, there's a, a subtlety and there's still yours to, in one, I feel like the person who does it is still responsible for their actions despite the influence. And in the other, they're not like, if I put a spell on you yes. and you did something terrible, you are not morally culpable for what you did. I, understand. I am. But if I like hinted it, I know, but you're here, still morally so, so culpable here's the difference. and so am I. You said it's, it's, there's a d- difference, but it's vague. And th- like to me, it sounds like degrees of effectiveness. Like if you were able to tune the algorithm so that a hundred percent of the time people did what you wanted to do, then it's mind control. And if you're only like 40% accurate, then it's not. It's like, it feels like the more, once you get effective enough, you're like, yes, it's mind control. But until then I, you're like, I, well, I still don't think you so. Kinda have, no, like think literally if Facebook said, we show you an image and a hundred percent, you do whatever we want. That's mind control. Like here, here's what is the mechanism of action? Like you see it and it like you hypnotizes like, you. Yep, that's a good idea. Like it just has the perfect message to do what you want. It's like, you should go sell all your organs. Okay. Makes here's sense. The thing. If it does it, I, I think if it does it by convincing you versus forcing you, I still think that there's a difference. Even if it's a hundred percent effective, it's a hundred percent effective, but it doesn't force you. It's just like a persuasive argument, essentially persuasive argument versus like, Difference is if I convince you to go rob a store versus I put a gun to your head and say you need to rob the store. Two different things. I agree. You could say the gun is a very convincing argument, but yes. that's not what I think. Okay, but that's my point. I will agree that there is a difference between forcing and convincing, but I also think one's like you're definitely not culpable, but I also don't think a gun to your head is mind control. That's that's threat of violence. There's yes. no doubt that's different. But I do well, think don't if you're, you know the only real power is, is violence. violence. I truly believe that too. Like I'm 100 percent sure. <laughs> I love that episode. Well, not South actually, Park. but it's that's so like good. the biggest form of power in yeah. anything. Anyway, that's a different story. Don't for, you know the world is built with blood and genocide? Another and thing I agree with. Another thing I agree with. 100. <laughs> percent It's honestly, I was thinking the South Park thing, like where he's like, "Oh, I'm one percent Neanderthal." It's like literally what's this is now a different tangent what square inch on earth was not taken by force by force every single inch on earth okay. i don't care who you are by, from from whom though like well that's my point it could if be from no one p- tribe to another tribe but or, it was still taken yes we don't say oh the greeks didn't conquer other greeks so that's okay but, yeah, but this there was nation like an conquered initial, a different nation. there was an initial era when there was like there's only people in this area and then they went to another area where there weren't people that was thousands of years there was an initial period yes, of just settlement but then since then since then every single been, yeah multiple times yeah. and war is the only way that it's conquered up yeah. until like 40 years ago 50 years ago like now yeah. 80 years ago like everything was taken by force up yeah. until 80 years ago no every there, single there, square there inch was, of land there's area eras before that where it was done by like marriage where it just right. were like i have a kingdom and i have a daughter you have a kingdom and you have a son Let's force them into this arranged yes, marriage in order was to like, secure a good right. arrangement with France. Marriage was a way to avoid war. That was it. Yes. It was, we will have to go to war unless our children marry. Okay, that sounds like a nicer hmm, idea. I can either send 30,000 men to their death or have my daughter live as a queen to this guy. Hmm. Which one do I choose? I feel like those women should get like a thank you for your service. Like they did say, by that logic... Even though I'm sure they did not want to be, what Mary Antoinette and Isabella yeah, in some ways, of Spain, but like they did save lives. Yeah, you Catherine of Aragon. Yeah. yeah, 
Um, but no, I, I those, get, are, those are just random examples. Like I get where you're coming from, but like same with this, like the good luck thing. Like if I'm like, Oh, you'll have great luck. And then I like, I don't know. It feels too like, is it really you? Or is it like the potion is, I know it's not making you do it, but like, what's the difference between like very strong argument and like, it's just whether it's, you have the ability to say no. I don't think so. I think it's whether you want to say no. That's literally the only difference. It's like, I don't, I, it, what if it is forcing you, but it makes you want, think that you want to do it anyway. That's what's, how would you be able to tell the difference between it forcing you, but you thinking that it did a good job convincing you and it actually convincing you? I mean, a, a perfect, you'll never be able to know if you had can, a perfect argument would be able to cover its tracks in order to be. <laughs> That's you know, my point. What if it's like incognito? Oh, you definitely want to do it. And just it's like whispers in your ear and moves on. Well, yeah. What's what's the guy from uh, Lord of the Rings who whispered Sauron, in the guy's ears? No, no. We're, uh, we're, oh, war, uh, worm tongue. Worm tongue. Yes. Like he had convincing arguments, but you're like, no, it's well, magic. That was all, th- no, there was also magic involved. Saruman was using magic, and there was magic. But that's my point. Like, I think it's very difficult to draw that line where it's like, is it actually a good argument? Well, here's the thing: Gandalf shows up, undoes the spell, and then he immediately rejects all the arguments. So it's very clear. I know, the spell, like, not yes, the arguments. we're using magic, but I'm saying in real life. Yes, we we only know this because of magic. Yes. When you say, oh, it was magic, it's an easy answer, but like. Well, here's the thing if, if like if it took him a while if the spell was broken and he was still like i don't know worm tongue still make it, then it's the argument the fact that it's like instant like not yes. just that his, he goes from like decrepit and uh, i'm doing a decrepit pose here yeah. and then the spells cast he's like oh i'm a person again does he i wait which is the guy that runs off the cliff no that's in the third movie oh, worm tongue is in the second one. never mind I need to Worm rewatch Tongue those. Worm Tongue is the, is the yes, kingdom of Rohan, not Gondor. Okay, I need to rewatch those. Get your those. shit right, man. I haven't seen them in so long. It's been so long. But anyway. They're great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've been thinking about that. We're like... Anyway. I feel like we were spoiled with that. The, like, has any franchise adaptation, like, gotten it so... Right. So right? Yeah. Um, Game of Thrones started really good. Yeah. But it didn't... It, that's the thing. It ended so terribly. If Game of Thrones had maintain quality game of thrones would be on there other than that i think lord of the rings is like kind of the quintessential quintessential success story okay, of adaptation. speaking of harry potter how do you think that ranks i think they're i think they're really good i think part of the the difference is lack of consistent vision partly because of the constant change of directors through the first four movies five when they movies. made the first movie was the last book published no Absolutely, that matters. Yeah. Whereas this was like they had a bunch of time afterwards, and they they it was also all filmed like essentially as one. All three movies were filmed as one giant nine hour movie essentially, and then broken up. There's all it was all filmed together all at the same time. I forgot that, which also is insane because the amount of money there it's required to just be like yes, we're going to commit to all of this money up front. There you go. Um, they did do some. The only things that change over the course of it is they got more money for their visual effects because they're able to, there's a whole new program written for all the big battle scenes to like govern the in like when you have like 500 animated people who are fighting, they usually look really bad because they're all doing things in unison. They yeah. had to, they essentially wrote a new program, which is used very extensively now that governs individual behaviors during these big things. 
but different people can fight differently. Yeah, so that way it doesn't look like everyone's doing the same action and simul- simultaneously. It looks like a whole bunch of people doing stuff. Their legs aren't moving. Uh, like, not every right leg, left, left leg, right leg, left leg. They got like leaned all- into it and been like, they're controlled by magic. And they're like giant puppets. And so they're like, bop, 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 yeah. and all doing the same thing. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, it's better that they didn't. Yeah. Um, Lord of the Rings. Good movies. Um, I got to rewatch it. Anyways. Uh, so, so essentially, getting back to the Felix Felicis, we don't know how they would be able to catch it. I feel I, like I would guarantee that I'm saying there's cheating in Quidditch. In okay. That's my answer is how would they be able to catch it? There probably could be some things that are caught, but I think there's a lot of cheating that goes on. And I think, you a lot think of there's it gets, a big Mitchell report coming. In seriously. No, I'm not kidding. Like, that's my point. I actually think that <laughs> they're going to look back. It's going to be like Victor Crumb was juicing all the way. Uh, that's how, how else would Romania make like it the, to the final? So consistently seems like the silliest thing ever. It's like, Oh look, these are all mi- mi- uh, magic and they can use magic. Yeah. I'm sure they're, they're yeah. not going to cheat and use magic. What, what? what do you think is the level of disillusionment that comes out of the, the, what, what do we, what do we want to call their equivalent of the Mitchell report? Like how much does the the do we want to call it the Felix report? No, what was what was the the writer's name? Skeeter? Rita Skeeter? Yeah. The Skeeter report? The Skeeter report. So we got the Skeeter report. What do you think is the drop off in Quidditch viewership in the five years following the Skeeter report? A lot. Also, are there any other games they have? Not not popular. I feel like there are like they've it's it's like a lot of places like have soccer and that's pretty much it. I feel like that's their soccer and that's like it. Honestly? Do you think that like there's a big rise in the second sport, then Quidditch makes a comeback, but like at that point it's too late and they've lost the monopoly One over the market? One more question. What year does do the movies take place? The nineties, I think. Nineties? I think it's like ninety four to nine to, to ninety nine or something like that. I think it'd be interesting if uh, like to me a big part of the reason why the books work is because there's not modern technology. Like, to me, it's like, oh, look, we have magic. Magic definitely beats 1990s technology in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. I don't know but if 2020 technology... For this, the Mitchell Report and the Skeeter Report would be really great. Yes, you think, but I also think... Do that, you think the, the, the Skeeter Report only happens because the Mitchell Report comes out, so they, they question it? No, but honestly, I think it'd be more interesting if human technology was able to capture... Like urine testing. Like, they finally catch yeah. boom slay skin in the or urine. Or just someone, yeah. like, videos them. <laughs> Oh my god! It's like, <laughs> like literally, someone's got a cell phone, and you're like, "Wow, human technology is not so bad." And suddenly, they're like behind. And then, he, I think this could be interesting. Like, like the Wizarding World realized they're like losing the race because they're like, "Oh shit!" Like, and this human leads to the great integration. Yeah, as a result of the exactly. Skeeter report, human. Well, it could be that could be one of many things. But like to me, it's like again, 90, 90s technology versus wizards. Like wizards win. Today's technology, like, I'm not saying in a battle. I'm just saying, like, day-to-day, like, it's pretty dope, but, like, but today, I go, like, lights on, this, like, there's a lot you can do that, like, they might even think it's magic, right? They're like, what? Humans now can control yeah. with their voice, and it's like, I think we're getting there. And, yeah. like, I think that that would, something will lead to the great integration. I think that it is the rise in technology, and what's the... You know, in, in uh, the, dip, the the gap narrows. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say there's like in Bitcoin the flippening, which is when people think Ethereum will pass Bitcoin in in market cap. I mean, mm. I'm just gonna use it in this case. Flippening is when like human technology passes wizarding technology. Yeah. Um, and I think, think that's like coming up. Do you think the Skeeter report is closer to the Mitchell report or the Russian doping scandal? Like, is it country sponsored or is it like boosters? I think it would be 
Russian doping. I think it's country sponsored. So you think Romania's like crumbs been been using? I definitely think. Yeah. So. Okay. All I right. don't know if it's yeah yeah. I'll just stick with that. Also, Victor Crumb just sounds like a like a a, a cheater. Yeah. Yeah. Just the name. Just. Anyways. Victor Crummy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next we got our discussion. Has the internet turned life into a game? Um. You chose this discussion topic. Do you want to open this or do you want me to open? You can open. I, I have some thoughts, but I want to see where you're going to go with it. I think in a lot of ways, for a lo- I think for a lot of people, and I think it's generational in many ways, it has. Social media has convinced people that getting this number of likes or getting this number of followers or getting this, essentially a score on what you yep. post is essential to the outcome of your life essentially what jobs you get like it it can can, like what friends you can have what what opportunities become available can be influenced by this stuff i mean how like you can can make a job out of it exclusively and that's like i was thinking this the other day we're like some people's job like lots of youtubers just like their job seems insane when you really think about it you're like oh what do you do for a living well, you know, I buy a bunch of uh, toy cars and then race them down the street and blow them up and then film it. That's 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 your job. Yep, yeah. I just do that every week and see which ones blow up the biggest. What? Like, yeah, yeah, that's my job. It's called toy car explosion. I don't know, I'm making the shit up, but like the point is, some of these jobs, or I just open Kinder Surprises and review them. That's yeah. your job. Like this, it seems I made up soothingly in certain ways. Yeah, pay it me seems them. insane, but that's the job. And I agree. Like. It's not just, yes, there's like a visual score like likes or views or any of that, but like also there's like gaming, the, people always talk about gaming the algorithms. Like, do you watch a lot of YouTube? Some. There's like a couple channels that I that I watch quite a bit of. Give I, them a shout out, let's hear. Um, a Gunmator's chess channel, what, what, huge <laughs> fan. Uh, also, if he ever hears this, congratulations on the birth of your daughter. Good job. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> hey. He was he was off for a bit and people were wondering like why no videos bud because he's like pretty daily on these and he was behind playing them. chess daily not playing he he talk he breaks down the moves uh, in professional players games and God. yeah um I I've learned a whole lot and there's like some games that he's broken down that's just like wow the the Anything level of, interesting that you watch um <laughs> I'm kidding I've recently started watching videos by I think it's called Studio Binder it's the same sort of like breaking down directorial, like what nice. sort of things are uh, go into directing, blocking in this. And he does really good videos directing out individual directors. What are the things about the way that they use color, the way they use editing, the way that they use blocking, the way that they use music that help influence their distinct style. And, and they're, what was they're the one that video. You, you showed me? Every that, Frame of Painting? Yeah, that was a really good one. Uh, that hasn't done, in, obviously, in years. But. In years, yeah. Um, that's a shame because, like, honestly, Ever since that one's gone, I've just been looking for someone to do those more of those. Well, there are ones, but they're just not as good. They're not as good. No. His are just, they were just the best. Um, But no, like I will listen to a lot of, I watch a lot of YouTube and uh, I'll actually say I listen to a lot of YouTube because a lot of it's like just, I don't even have to view it. It's basically just the talking. Um, But they're always talking about gaming the algorithm. And I found this, like I listen to a lot of um, financial channels that talk about te- uh, stocks or this or that. And unfortunately, I think it's a negative thing. It is clear that you talk about certain stocks, 
and you get more views and the algorithm lifts it up. If you talk about Tesla more, you will go up the algorithm. You talk about Bitcoin or Ethereum, you will go up the algorithm more. And so unfortunately, it turns out that to me, it ends up making every channel sound kind of similar because you only hear the voices that are like following the algorithm. But there's no doubt that you like can game the system by doing certain things. And people have caught on to that quickly. And they'll say, oh shit, I talked about this stock. I did a deep analysis and I got no views. So I guess I'll stop doing that. So I definitely think it's a game. Unfortunately, I think we got to say like, who are the refs who are scoring it? Which is like, yeah. to me, that's maybe more the issue. But I, I'm a million percent sure like the internet is a game. Yeah. I'm going to just shout out three more channels that okay. I watch. That's it. Um, binge, well, Babish Culinary Universe, which is Binging yeah. with Babish and Basics with Babish. Yeah. Great stuff. I watch um, it well. I, I will watch it once in a while. Yeah. I like them too, though. Um, depends who's making the video, but sec- Secret Base, as, mm. particularly if it's John Boy's stuff. John Boy's is great. Everyone John, else? Me. There's some other good ones. Um, me. They've got a series going on now, Chosen, the history of the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is pretty good. Um, and then the last one was John Boy Media, which is the guy who yeah, does the good. baseball breakdowns and other breakdowns. Yeah. We, we've discussed one of his videos, the... Uh, Finish baseball, oh, yeah. whatever it was, that was that was great. Um, his breakdowns are hilarious. Uh, I love them; they're great. Yeah, but that's my point. He probably finds like he has found talking about certain things do better than talking about others. I'm sure, which is why he does them. But like to me, the whole thing about a game is like I part of the inspiration was like I love Rick and Morty. That episode with like um, Blitz and Jits, and oh, yeah. they go to Roy. Yeah. Life like, well lived. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like, yo, this guy's taking Roy off the grid. He's burned his social security card. Yeah. But that's kind of like, I want to say that is what's going on or anything, but I don't know. Like what is a game? A game is like, you're trying to do mini games and quests and like life is a game you could say, but the internet has made the feedback loop so much quicker. Cause in, in real life, you know, let's say you, we're just going on a date. Like, how do you know how well it goes? Like now people game the system for Tinder. Oh, you want to date? Let's turn dating into a game with an, like an algorithm. You're like, oh, look, if I have pets in it, I'm 10% more likely to get a like. Or Like literally there are stats on this now and people can game the system. To me, it life's always been a game, but there's been real cost to like, if you have a downside, like you can die. Your virtual thing, you can't die. Nothing bad can really happen. So the cost of failure is basically zero. You can, you know, come up with a new Facebook profile, you can delete something, whatever it is. And you can very quickly like change things up and see what's working and what's not. So I think it's just gamified yeah, well, online life more. I think so much of it is, were you able to quantify things? Before, if you made life into a game, what were your measurements? You could say money. Money was a measurement of your yeah. success and things. It's a bad measurement, I think, yeah. um, of a life well-lived for sure. But even then, like, I'll say, like, I, I am a stats person. I love stats. But unfortunately, there's an old saying, like, that you optimize for the stats you're given. Yeah. So, like, you know, there's this old joke about it where it's nails like, or, yeah, the nails, exactly. The Russian czar says, like, make this many nails. Oh, look, girl. we out- output them and the nails are so small, you can't hammer them. Okay, we'll do weight. And then they make one giant nail that's a million pounds. Yeah, you get what you, what you for, yeah. uh, incentivize. So guess what? If you're going to incentivize, oh, look how many friends I have on Facebook. You're going to have a lot of people on Facebook who are f- your friends and you have zero connection to any of them. Uh, do, do you ever do friend calls with face- Facebook? What is that? I just 
cult. Like, I go through oh, my calls. Pr- I think you yeah. said calls. No, I am barely on Facebook. I go on. I used to do this like a once a year. I would just be like, oh, I have no, I've care zero percent if I ever speak to this person ever again. I call them from. The I list. don't do that because the only time I log into Facebook, I check once a week to make sure I'm not invited to something, and then anytime I have to post a podcast, that's the only times I log in. So I log in like twenty times a year. Oh, so I'm it, like, it, it literally would be more work for me to do the call than it would for me to just ignore it. Cause I'm never, I don't scroll. I don't do any of that. I don't care about Facebook. I don't care about Instagram. I, people still met like, I literally, it's funny. I will log in Instagram like once a month, maybe now like twice a month. And I'll see like Aaron messaged me like seven things. It's like, she shared this story, not available, not available, not available, not cause they're yeah. only available for 24 hours. It's like, I just don't check it enough to. I don't know. Facebook marketplace is good. So I, I'm always checking that for synth yeah. stuff. Yeah. See if I can get a good steal on something. There's a, there's something that I'm looking at. It's nice. more than I, it's, it's a great deal for what it is, but it's more money than I want to spend yeah. anyways. That's my thing. Like Facebook is the social media aspect. Like I don't, but like they're layering on all these other elements and platforms. Right. So now it's yeah. like, Oh, I want to buy shit. Okay. Well now I got to use Facebook. They're creating a whole ecosystem. I know it's the operating there. I honestly feel like it's trying to be the operating system to your life. Yeah. Well, uh, all the big companies are trying to create an entire ecosystem of platforms that they, yeah. Google's well, trying to do it. Facebook's trying to do it. For sure. Apple's trying to do it. And I don't know Amazon. if Apple's trying to do it so much. They have an ecosystem. I don't think it's the same kind. They're trying to Amazon's trying to do it. Yes. There's no doubt that like, that's what they're trying to do. Like you could say Netflix is trying to be the ecosystem of entertainment. Or specifically, well, here's the thing. they're Netflix. trying to do one, but everyone else who's getting into it, if you think about the other people who are getting big into the game, Amazon and Apple and all these other people are trying to do what Netflix is doing. They're trying to capture a part of that. Yes. And I think that they have an their inherent advantage. Or yeah. let me rephrase. I think Amazon has an inherent advantage. Yeah. All because right. to me, like, what is it for Amazon Prime? 100 bucks a year? I have no idea. Let's say 100 bucks a year. Remember. If you're like, hey, I get all this free content and I get free two day shipping. And it's like, it's an impossible to match value proposition compared to Netflix, which I love the content, but like you just get the content. You don't also go, Hey, let me also shop. So to me, Amazon doesn't have to make any money from the, from the, they have audio too. They don't have to make any money from audio or for videos. They just have to sell you one more paper towel boxy or whatever to make it worth it yeah it's uh, crazy they're literally selling you what they, oh they bought james bond they bought mgm you know that right yeah so they're like oh we'll give away james bond for free because we know you're gonna buy two more poop bags from us like that's or box of poop bags that's literally what they're doing and so i think they have an inherent advantage same with google google who does youtube and so youtube like they don't have to put up any money up front for the content but I do love Netflix. They're the best. I'm just going to clarify. You meant dog poop bags. Just for what anyone who... You just said poop bags. I just wanted to make sure that anyone who was concerned, these you are don't for, just, you don't these just are poop for dog bag. feces. Josh does not you, bag his all, own poop. <laughs> you could. They're just bags. You can use... You can put anything in them. They don't I'm just, going to... For everyone's sake, I'm just going to call them dog poop bags and just yeah. leave it at that so or, everyone can sleep well at night. I know. So, and some people call them doggy bags, but I think of that as something else. Yeah, doggy bag. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> let's let's move on to our last last part of uh, the episode, talking about the lighthouse. Yes. So 
I have notes. You, I feel, I've thought we would have notes on this one after see, uh, before I saw it, I thought we'd have opinions after seeing it. I knew there would be opinions. So I chose, um, chose a movie called the lighthouse, which I mean, this, this movie is weirder than I thought it was going to be. And I knew it was, was going to be weird. This is weirder. And honestly, it was not as weird as I thought, because maybe I think you watch your first, you're like, it was so weird. And I had another friend say it was so weird. And so maybe I was expecting it to be so weird. It's weird. It's not, I didn't find it that weird, but maybe I have a different interpretation of what the movie is all about. And that's yeah. why. Um, so I, I think we also just, uh, to me, this is like, it's a horror film, but it's kind of just like an art film. That's using horror as like its subject, but it's like, it's just filmed very differently. Also, and it, it gets its horror across differently. It's not like, are, is any of the things that are happening like explicitly scary on their own? Would you say? No. No. But would you still call it a horror movie? I would not, actually. I think it's a thriller. Yeah. But fine. Does it have anything that's thrilling in a traditional sense? Or is it very there much... There are scenes of... Action. Action. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's mainly about building up the suspense of what's going yeah. on and stuff like that's why I, that's what I consider a thriller is like it's not about the jump scares, it's not about the horror, it's about the building up to there's something there's spooky going on, there's that's... an atmosphere, what's going on, and they're trying to it's almost like a mystery and you're yeah. trying to figure it out. So just watch basically, it unfold. So at the most basic level, this is about um, being stuck in a small space with only one other person for an extended period of time, which is why bad for it. your mental health. That's yeah. That's inside, that's lighthouse, that's been a lot of people's lives. Um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that feeling right now. It's... So, hold on. I want to know, do you have something specific to say about the movie? Like, what what is your interpretation of the movie? Oh, man. Beyond just, it's bad for your mental health to be inside. Um, Well, let's start with big questions. Do Do you think that there's anything supernatural about the lighthouse itself i don't think it matters great answer i honestly think the whole movie is weird shit's happening is it because they're going a little crazy or is weird shit actually happening yeah. it doesn't matter it no. doesn't matter that's the point is like go, going back to the harry potter thing like you know i said like if i said oh alexa turn on this like and it turns on like is that magic like magic to me has always just been like something we can't explain and there's a, a great, I think it's Arthur C. Clarke, uh, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable for magic. Yeah. Great twist. And it, it covers, the, I think that covers it now, more, better than any other. Yes. And what year is this supposed to take place in, approximately? 1800, 1860s? 18, uh, yeah, I'll say 18, yeah. Weird, creepy like shit's going on. Could it be real atmospheric changes? Or just bad luck, or this or that. Like, yes, they're like all of the above. Like, there is weird stuff happening. I personally don't think there's anything superficial or supernatural. But even also, the, even when you see the ending with the, the the piercing light, you don't think that there is. Nope, I think it's pure. I think just, but again, it doesn't matter. I think that, and someone else could read it and have the exact different response to be like, no, there's a hundred percent that light is fucking magic, and you know. It's it's a mermaid's heart and it's casting to men and it's making yeah. them do crazy shit. You could believe that, and I'm open to that interpretation. But it doesn't matter, and that's yeah. the point. You could you could watch the whole movie and it could be interpreted 
as supernatural or not both ways and yeah. that's why i think it's a beautiful movie is because yeah. you can you can watch it and see it in two different lights yeah um i do think all of the all of the the stuff that could be the, like in theory supernatural is incorporated into the movie in like a way that doesn't feel it, it feels natural almost yes. yeah that's the point like that's why I said it was a beautifully done movie because yeah nothing is Nothing is obviously supernatural or it's so obviously supernatural that it's obvious that it's like in his head. Yeah. Like we see a mermaid scream or something, but then he like wakes up. Yeah. Okay. That wasn't really happening. Yeah. And there's multiple times where like they kind of say, oh, you don't remember you did this, you did that. And it's obvious they're losing their minds a little. Oh, that was two weeks ago. It does a good enough job that like it is not at all. Here's the thing. Do you think it was actually two weeks ago or do you think... Uh, Defoe was lying to him about that's it. the point again the whole movie you have no clue. yeah is it unmoors you exactly well. i agree and uh, honestly i wrote like i'll just read some of my notes like because we're gonna hit on a bunch of these topics anyway and we already hit on the first one which is magic versus real doesn't matter that was the very first note i wrote yeah my other one was who is gaslighting who does it matter I think Defoe was guy. I, I personally, I personally do too. Yeah. But I also think it's like, guess what? When you are mentally unstable due to being in a isolated, and then you're drinking all the time, I think it's just like a bad combination. Like to me, it's like, is Defoe doing it? Yes. But I also think like, could they both be mistaken about like sometimes one's right and sometimes one's wrong? A hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Um, what did you think about the the energy between them? There's like strange sexual energy. Yeah, very strange sexual energy. Well, between so the I also two wrote that like where okay, so there's strange sexual um, relationship between a lot of characters. So like clearly between them, like yeah. there's the scene where you like my cooking, and it's very much like he's like the scorned wife, and yeah, um, Defoe's a scorned wife, and who and the yeah. other guy's just being a mean bastard and saying, "No, yeah. I don't like your cooking." That's the that's the Hark Trident scene. That, yes. yeah. I I, so I read an interpretation where when he says, "At least you like my lobster," yeah, he's his lobster tail is referring to his penis, is what uh, what people have been saying. But at least he says, "No, I don't enjoy anything of that that you've provided." Which I can kind of yeah. see, but I think it's a little bit. Okay, it's a little, but there's also the scene where they almost kiss. Yeah. Then they fight. There's the and dancing. Like they, I also and think that's like them fighting with their emotions. Yes, they're dancing. There's also multiple masturbation scenes. Um, so there's a lot going on there, but there's also like the whole, they're having sex with mermaids yeah. and they're having sex with the light. it is it just um like so there's like the one theory i have was like a sexual awakening and they're not sure and there's like that's that's yeah. it i personally don't think that's the answer no but i do i do think that there's they're displacing sexual energy onto different things yes because they don't I, have anywhere else to, to i agree in. with that that to me is my opinion is they're just two horny guys who are bored and have nothing better to do and they need some form of release so they're looking for that whether it's mm. the light or whether it's the mermaids or whatever yeah but like I, I agree there's there's definitely a weird it's a very weird relationship because in some ways it's father son yeah in some ways it's as put down like there's also a like a uh 
power imbalance Absolutely. in both ways, though. There's the power imbalance in that Willem Dafoe holds seniority. And then, and he kind of verbally abuses him. And then there's yeah. the obvious power imbalance near the end. Spoilers, where um, Pattinson's character physically abuses Dafoe. He dominates him. He dominates in, him. In, so. in, in, and the, the imagery used for the domination is very clear, yes. putting him on, on, on yes. a leash. So, yeah. it's... Yeah, so there's clear... Um, it's clearly a dysfunctional relationship. That's obvious. Yeah. And um, like I said, like it's almost like, I don't know, like a wife beating. Um, like there's just that weird. Yeah. There's, there's energy of it, like, can't, they're, like, they're almost like a couple that is clearly not happy together, but they're stuck together. And so they're letting each other like their, their anger and hatred. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to speak about the two performances in this because, man, they're both yes. like this is uh, what the, the second or third Robert Pattinson movie we've discussed. What else did we discuss? We taught we did Good Time. Yep. We Tenant wasn't an official one, was it? I don't remember. I de- we've definitely discussed it. Yeah, he is. He's so good. He's so good in this. Yes. I mean, um, they're both very good. I'll yeah. say there's I, you can you talk about the performance. I'll always say they're amazing. I got nothing more to say on that, but they're yeah. excellent. Yeah. I, I'm also, I, I think if Willem Dafoe wasn't such a, I, I think in this case, his, his natural creepy appearance works for the movie, but I feel like if Willem Dafoe didn't look so inherently creepy, he would, he would be huge. He's, yeah. I already think he's in a million things. He's in a million things, but like, is, he's not a star. He's, he's also older now. He is, but even when he was younger, like he was Boondock I, Saints and Spider Man, he was in some pretty big things. What he what? was wasn't he in uh, Platoon? He's in Platoon way back in the eighties. Yeah, he's old. Yeah, or Willem Dafoe. Okay, well, how old do you think he is? Sixty eight, sixty five. Yeah. So he was in Platoon, where he was the main one. He's, no, he wasn't the main character. Charlie Sheen was the main. Right, fine. He's the secondary character. I'd so. actually put uh, Berenger as the number two. The Last Temptation of Christ. Oh, he's so good in Last Temptation of Christ. He's obviously a major character in Spider-Man. Yep. He's in John Wick, but he's I wouldn't consider him like the, the no. major, major, major character. He's one of the main characters in Boondock Saints, which was a big yeah. Um, uh, American Psycho. Yep. What else? I see ones where he's like the major. There's so many movies where he's in, but a lot of them he's like the third biggest character. But he, Once he, upon a time in Mexico, which I actually just rewatched, like again, like he's not the main character, but he's like the third or fourth. Yeah, I don't know. He's in a lot of stuff. Though. Yeah, he, he he stays active. <laughs> um, he's really good in this. Um, I I just I I I would have liked to have seen. I don't know. He's been nominated a couple of times now, I think, but he, he's never won nominated for the one where he played van gogh i would have liked to have seen like for support maybe supporting actor for this one and pattinson is lead i don't know um so besides that uh, pattinson's making it a what a great run by robert pattinson since i was looking it up the year that he left the um twilight series like the list of directors that he's worked with since then yeah. was like he worked with cronenberg and herzog and safties and a whole like a whole bunch of great interesting directors and just what 
great run. Second, I feel like he was just like, all right, I'm done with that. Go ahead and do this awesome indie run. And then he's making his return to big franchise filmmaking as Batman, which is one of like, I feel like that's like one sort of the of most excited prom- and sort of nervous that it's not is Batman. Happen. Well, like the, is, is, is that the premier franchise role of all time of all time? James Bond. James. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about Bond though. Bond is like, no, it's Bond. It's Bond, <laughs> but there's so many restrictions on who can be Bond. Like, you have to be you have to be British, or I think they've used an Australian once, but you have to be British, or or they won't you can't they won't cast you. So like it's not an open it's not an open call. Has Batman always been Christian Bale's an English? American? Not the actor accent. Has the character, character always been American in film? Yes. So there's no actual restriction on Bond. They no, always they, pick they, a Brit. They always pick a Brit, but theoretically they don't have to. The, the Broccoli's will never pick anyone. Who's, who's. I would never say never. but Never say never again? Yeah, exactly. I would never say never again. <laughs> but yes, so far it's always been. But you could also say like they've both always been men. And they've both always been white. And to me, there are not that many more restrictions on one or the other. It just happens to have been that way. And I expect over the next 30 years to see more variants. Yeah. I'll say it that way. Yes. The Bond might be black next. I would a lot love of people to, wanted Idris Elba. I, it's too old. It's too late now. I feel like it's too late now. But ten um, years ago, it yeah, would have been great. Fifteen years ago, it would have been great. Yeah, I just you know if if Omar Sy were not French and French is I think the last person that they'd ever they'd never choose a Frenchman for Bond. So no. Omar Sy would be a good black Bond. I think you've seen the Lupin series. No, he's but really I know good. What, I've seen. I know what the guy looks like. Yeah, um, he'd be good. Yeah, I don't, if he I, weren't French. Yeah, <laughs> but no, yeah, it goes Bond. And then probably Batman. Yeah. I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good string of people. Yeah. Keaton, Val Kilmer for one, Clooney for one, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck. Was Val Kilmer only one? Val Kilmer was only one. The third of the, um, that was the, the first Schumacher one. Cause it was Keaton for the two burden ones. Then Schumacher went Kilmer and Clooney, which, didn't work out. Bad screen right. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll not get into that. Um. And then Bale. And then Bale. Bale's obvious. Like Bale to me is still the peak of this. Then Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. And then Pattinson. Bobby Pats. How many is that? Uh, six actors now. Okay. And how many for Bond? Oh my God. Like eight. Are we really eight? Lazenby, so Connery, more, more Brosnan. Yeah. Um, Craig. Dalton. I think we're at six. Dalton. That's six. I feel like we're missing one in there. Probably, but it's like it's pretty close. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then I guess we're gonna be on seven with the next one, possibly. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think they should do? Like with this, I per- personally, I liked what they did with the Craig one, where it was like an older version of Bond more broken down i think you can tell a different story well here's the thing they started with it they started with like he's just starting his career as bond and then they ended it with i think that they've told a good complete arc with yes but do you think they're gonna what do you think they're gonna do at post post craig i think that they should go i should i i I think they should go even younger honestly i do too not even maybe not younger you know who would be a weird bond but i'd kind of be interested in saying i feel like tom hardy would be a interesting bond that could work 
I feel like he's a bit too muscular. Muscular, and I also think he's a bit too reserved in his. I don't know because he can play big though, but he is like feels personally pretty. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't think of him as smooth. Uh, I mean, as Eames, he was pretty smooth though in Inception. He's really good as Eames. Um, I don't know. Okay, uh, back to back to the lighthouse. Um, two more aspects I really want to talk about. Um, one is the the light in the lighthouse when we finally get up there and we see the the light itself. Yeah, the the Fresnel. That's what that type of glass yeah, design yeah. is called. Is both historically accurate and just so beautiful and like really does have an aura about it when you like see that rotating Fresnel lens. Yeah. It's just fantastic design, and they actually built a working like replica lens accurate to that era, which is like pretty, pretty difficult nice. glass work to do, but um, just beautiful looking stuff, isn't it? I, I when I saw that, I was like, that's great production design. I don't know. Um, love that. And the, the, the scene when it opens up and you get his face, it's just like, it's, it's a, it creates a moment. It really does. Yes. Um, and the last thing I really want to talk about is, my boy Yaron Blaschke, cinematographer in this movie. He's he's it's not like he's done a ton of stuff, but man, the cinematography in this movie is just I, I like I, I know that you don't notice cinematography in the same way that I do. You noticed it in this movie though. No, okay, so this is my thing, and I believe it about cinematography and acting and all that. Like you can notice bad. I think if it's great, you don't notice it. It oh. just enhances the movie. No, that's my point. You might be, if you're looking for it, yes, you can find it. But the point is, while you're watching a movie, you're not supposed to, it's it's like great lighting. You're not supposed to notice, wow, this is great lighting. You're supposed to go, you're so in the moment because the lighting's so good that it makes it feel real. So that's my point. You can analyze it and you can look at it. But to me, a great actor, it should make you truly believe that what's going on is happening, not take you out of the moment so that you're going, wow, look at this acting. This acting so good. So to me, bad stuff takes me out of the moment. Good stuff brings me in the moment, which makes me more into the story. It makes me, and so to me, when cinematography works with good acting and good screenplay and good vision, when they all work together, again, you can notice it after the fact when you're thinking about it, analyzing it, but in the moment, you're not thinking about anything. That's to me, it is so like you said, oh, can you notice that like, it was obviously good because it created a great atmosphere. But to yeah. me, I just said, I felt great atmosphere. And then I'm like reverse engineering. Okay. Why was that? So the lighting me, I, is fantastic. Yeah. But that's the point. I don't notice it in the moment. It to me is, oh. it creates atmosphere and it is a very strong sense of atmosphere. Yeah. There's also like little things like the, the nearly square frame of it. Like you have the big black on, on your screen, you have have yeah. giant black bars on either side. Cause this yeah. is like an unnatural aspect yeah. ratio. This was For never, sure. Like there's that was there's a great square job. aspect ratios that were used. This is not like an aspect ratio that was ever like actually used in film. This is like a, a, an artificial aspect ratio for this sake, just for this movie. But and I feel like point. it works to make it is it makes is it claustrophobic. Yeah. Yes, and that's my point. It's like it was at first it was unnatural, but you quickly like adjust to it. Adjust to it, and yeah. it like you said, it creates this. To me, it makes everyone have to feel closer. Yeah. And like you said, it makes it more claustrophobic and more like in your face. Like yeah. things, they could never be that far apart. Yeah. It's like you're never that far away. You're always kind of, that, yeah. they're always there. Yeah. Um, also, just some of the framings of, of, of faces and stuff. This is going to just be for me. 
felt like he had studied like silent film for some of that, for the way that the framings were. It's just really good stuff. Um, the lighting in, in the Hark scene, the scene where he's saying, well, at least you like my lobster and all that stuff. And then he blows up the lighting on Willem Dafoe's face and on Robert Pattinson's face. And that is just so like it, it boosts the intensity because it's so expressive. It's just wonderful, wonderful stuff. I just, the guy got nominated for, for best cinematography. Well-deserved, well-deserved for Yarn Blaschke. I think it was the only nomination that the film got, but well-deserved. Good I'm surprised. I thought there would have been more, but honestly, so there are two other things that I wanted to point out. Yeah. So like, so you know, the song Brandy, Brandy, you're a fine girl. Vaguely. Yeah. You don't know that song? Who is it by even? I can't even uh, Is it Looking Glass or... I think it's called Looking Glass. It's something it? that like, I, like I'll hear in the background and I'll say, oh, I know this song. I couldn't, okay. I couldn't. It's from Guardians of the Galaxy. First one or second? I think it's the first. Hold on. Uh, Brandy, you're a fine girl. What? A, anyway, Looking Glass. I was correct. Okay. So, I'll just read the lyrics. I, I know it off by heart. So, or I think I do. It could be a little off, but... So he says, you know, you're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. But my life, my love and my lady is the sea. And it's about this yeah. woman who she's in town and all the guys want to hit on her, but she can't, she has another man in her heart. And that man is a sailor who left. Yeah. Okay. And he never comes back. And now she's old and she still thinks about him. Okay. okay. So love is the sea. Like this also came up a bunch of times where like, you know, Defoe's character said like, oh, you know, how many times he missed holidays, which is why his wife, it didn't work out with his wife and his yeah. kid. And like these people who are like, I'll call it married to the sea. This yeah. one also took that little literally. We're like, when you're fucking a mermaid, like there's yeah. multiple imageries of that. It's like, is that, that is you having sex with the literal interpretation of the sea. And yeah. I was like, is this, I, I want to get your sense if there was anything more there to this att- attracted to the sea, not just you're physically attracted to the sea, but you're also like, you like some people like to be on boats and likes to be in ships and they like to be, and that's like their life. But I'm like, is there something more there? I think it's more about a commitment to that life in terms of anything in that you're, you're in terms of being married to the sea, it's commitment. But in terms of like a sexual lust energy towards the sea, I think it's, I think it's a way in which it, there's a, um, a, a change of violent energy towards sexual energy because mermaids are not welcoming that like if you think about them in, in all yeah myth, they call men to their death they call men to their death there's there's a, a, a i think they're supposed to be an embodiment of the call between violent energy and sexual energy which there clearly is in the relationship between the two men and i think that yeah. that's energies and violence blends into sexuality in this one yeah. a lot yeah like you said they're almost kiss and then they're fighting well and then also in the scene near the end where he's like holding him down and we see when robert Pattinson's holding and the, uh, defoe yeah. down and we see him both as proteus the, this mythic creature with the the things and also as the mermaid he's his fear of him and his attraction to him are all being yeah. in, in this in this stressful violent burst he's he's experiencing all of these different variations of his feelings towards this character yeah um, I, I definitely agree that it's like they're very conflicted feelings internally. And again, there's, there's definitely, I, I think the mermaid's about the, the, the point where that bridges between violence and, and sexual energy. Okay. And then the other thing. So again, like everything, or danger and sexual energy. Yeah. Everything could have been interpreted. Like we said, both literally or 
fake. So like there's the whole, like the fake version or the, the magic version is they're about to get off. He kills a seagull. Seagulls are the reincarnation of sailors. dead sailor souls. And because of that, the wind changes and then they have terrible luck. They're trapped there. They're trapped there. And then he gets the light because Defoe has the light and the light is evil and or whatever powerful and it overpowers him and he falls and because i, th- I thought it was a rejection of him was what it was that could be it too okay that's a nice interpretation and then earlier when defoe curses him the curse then comes true because yeah. of the curse so that's mm-hmm. the magic version is curses are real uh yeah. seagulls have dead spirits yeah. and it the was bad luck to kill it and yeah. the light is there's something magic to ma- something magic and it killed him and rejected him yeah so that's the magic interpretation the, the again the way that i interpret it which is like everything that happened is real is like okay storms are just there's just bad luck yeah things happen and i honestly believe this things happen and then we assign logic to it because we can't have things randomly happen we need there to be an order and a cause and effect to things but sometimes things just happen there's yeah. obviously there is a cause and effect literally but we need it to be like it's the same needs reason. To, we need to anthropomorph we need to anthropomorphize things. We need Not to relate an- it to human activity. Yes. You know, in that it's the same as like every superstition where it's like, oh, I need to have this special cup so that the team wins. Like your actions won't impact the mm-hmm. game on the field, anything like that. Or or believing that Aaron and I were talking about karma yesterday. Yeah. What is karma? But the fact that something that happened to you happened because you deserved it. Yeah, And I said, I don't believe in karma in that I don't believe that things happen to me because I did or didn't deserve them. I do believe in karma in that karma really to me is the feeling that I deserved it. So if something, if something bad happens to you, it's just guilt. Uh, it's yeah. just guilt. That's exactly it. It's basically like something terrible happened to someone who I want to get into it, but they were a bit of a dick. Yeah. Okay. Did they deserve that thing? I don't think they did. But you could say, oh, it's karma. They did something dickish and then something bad happened to them. Again, that's my interpretation. But like, I wouldn't want to think that because to me, I don't ever want to be bad. Not because I think karma will happen to me. Bad things will happen to me regardless of what I do. But I will feel worse about them if I did something bad and therefore feel like I deserved it, which is quote unquote karma. Yeah. Bring this back around. Yeah. So bad things happen after he kills the seagull unrelated wind changes yeah shit happens because the wind changes and they just gonna say the scene where he kills the seagull is brutal brutal but fantastic i also think they might not have missed the boat and like the wind definitely changed but like the last night he says i'm not supposed to drink there's the handbook there's the rules he follows the rules everything's good the second he stops following the rules he starts drinking they sleep in they say oh we must have missed the boat now the weather's bad it could be that they missed a day and then the weather was fine that day yeah. and the and the boat just missed them because they're like oh no one's here then well, the weather here's changed. the thing the boat would have brought the people to relieve them though right uh no i think that i thought they were just bringing um supplies supplies i could be wrong but anyway either way maybe the wind did really change but the point is so they get drunk then they start getting drunk then they get more sloppy then um they run out of food because there's no things and then they start drinking what, what are they drinking like kerosene yeah like kerosene I, and honey so i, then I think it's even worse than that yeah I think then they're really getting crazy they're poisoning themselves there was also what blood in the like there was a dead bird in the in, well after yeah yeah so they couldn't 
drink the water like to me it's like if you consume enough really bad shit like you're gonna start seeing things you're gonna start doing weird shit you're 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 literally poisoned um and to me like that is the realistic interpretation is like they went crazy they killed each other or he killed him Mm -hmm. he goes up to the top of the lighthouse sees it is blinded in his madness and falls down the stairs yeah that to me is like and and honestly both are equally plausible and likely and i think that's the beauty of it is like life is not about what happens in both cases the same thing happens it's does the reason behind it give it a different meaning yeah and that to me is life is like things happen to you but it's how you interpret them like you can't control what does or doesn't happen to you it's but you can control how you interpret yeah um yeah sorry i'm figure out a follow-up to this well okay well you think i'll just say like that's like yeah there's a big thing you cannot i've always believed this i'm a big believer in pragmatism you cannot control what happens to you so don't worry about it i I, you can't control covid covid happened um it sucked but like you can't control how you reacted throughout it and so like some people said oh this was shitty and terrible and some people said you know what I'm going to use this time to better myself and improve and, and take stock of who my friends are and this and that. And honestly, again, this is, this is how I want to live life is like, I want to look at life the way that helps me make the most of it, not whichever way is realistic. Cause again, it doesn't really matter. We don't really know. Hmm. So you're content with ignoring reality if it makes your life better a hundred percent i often say that to aaron self-delusion is self-improvement joshua lipton it's true 2021 so no but (laughs) i'm again like to a degree let's say um again i'll use another example i don't want to use names um let's say someone someone texted aaron something recently and i 100 percent think the person was being sarcastic and being a dick but i don't know that for a fact i don't know what their intentions were and the person could be saying it in all truthfulness i said i truly believe the person was being a dick but what is that going to do it's going to make me mad at the person it's going to make me better it's not going to improve so i said i want to believe that it's actually they're being nice so i basically said i think they're being a dick but that doesn't help my life so i am truly a big believer in self-delusion i am actually a big believer in it when it helps don't Mm. don't do that in every sense of your life but i think there's some things where you say you know what yeah I'm sure he did in the right in the in a, he, he was just being nice or whatever he was just being courteous and really you don't know yeah all right um that's i i've got nothing else to say on the lighthouse right now okay um i was going oh i do have one small thing um nope you said nothing no this isn't about the lighthouse as much as uh the studio that made the lighthouse a24 which is like one of the two more prominent um i guess independent studios this is the fifth film we've done that's an a24 film a24 is killing it for just talking between good sponsor us yeah good time uncut gems ladybird the lobster and the lighthouse also we did see eighth grade also not we didn't talk about it well i I was going to talk about the witch a little bit which is so good yeah they did ex machina a20 like when i'm talking about a24 is an important they're an important studio for indies they're they're really important um there's like a couple important ones there's a24 there's annapurna and then there's who's the other one i can't remember anyways there's like a a couple they're like one of the most important did they also do they didn't also do moonlight did they yeah they did yeah they're they're a very important studio they also did the disaster artist which i like a most violent year which i like yeah they're like a24 is a great studio 
Um, and for a small studio, they're ki- they're ki- they kill it. They really do. And yeah. I mean, for something like this, for the lighthouse, it's like a $4 million investment in the lighthouse and $4 million investment in the witch. They got a whole bunch out of those two. I have a weird question. It's, it's business related. So I'm sure you, you might not even know the answer, but mm. do you think my, my interpretation is indie studios get a better ROI, but it doesn't scale up as much as big studios. That makes any sense. So like, what's the, what's the horror one? Blumhouse? Yeah. Okay. They're another independent one. I would assume they make a really good return on their investment. They make huge horror movies in yes, general huge are, return on the roi but a lot of a lot but of none of them studios, are making 500 million dollars uh some horror movies okay, make. some but most of their movies are smaller so even yeah. if they're oh we spent 10 and we made you know 15 or 20 or even 30 or 50 you can like get a, you can get to like 100 million yeah so fine you spent 10 movies. and you made 100 like that's amazing like i don't think most studios are doing that but like the disney's and the who are the biggest ones Dis, disney now owns fox or 21st century fox yeah so what are uh, the biggest ones universal is big columbia i'm assuming these guys are making less like they're not 10xing their money as often but they're doing it on a, a bigger base so they're starting with a 300 million dollar budget so they're going oh we went we made 400 million on a 300 million dollar budget yeah but like okay so the last does big that does Bloom that seem House to check out with, go- your, with your i'm just gonna say the last is? big bloom house film was the invisible man which they made for $7 million. And even though it was pulled from theaters early because of COVID made $143 million. Okay. Yeah. So I'm shocked that it made that much money, to be honest. Um, they, they horror films. A lot of studios will make, will make horror films not because they care about them, but because they know they make can make money. them cheap and they can use that to fund other shit. Um, they fund a lot of franchises off of, Oh, is Blumhouse responsible for the new Halloween movies. Yeah. The last one, Halloween, the 2018 one, 10 to $15 million budget, $255 million return. Horror movies are, are yeah. like, they, they have a really strong built-in audience. Insidious Chapter 3, $11 million budget, $113 million now box again, office. Blumhouse is like the premier yeah. horror. Get Out. Get Out was probably did they a smack. They, yeah, they did okay. Get Out. Uh, so, $4.5 million budget, $255 so I million. I consider them actually the most important studio of the last small studio i would consider split was 250 million on a 10 million dollar you are the industry insider (laughs) of sorts yes yes but i would uh, if you ask me who are the over the last decade who are the most important studios blumhouse and netflix yeah that's probably yeah those two are pretty pretty important um netflix who else i i think important in that they their impact not necessarily the best movies obviously yeah, but like well, to me netflix started that is why amazon is putting more into content that's why apple is that's why there's a race to do to to bring everything inside which is why there's like paramount plus and there's peacock and then there's all these other streaming services because everyone's trying to mimic that and say oh shit we can't keep licensing out our our content we need to do it in-house and i think that it is significantly changed the way that other studios operate yeah oh wow i'm gonna say i gotta look this up because it's uh, saying here that bloomhouse was also responsible for whiplash the damien chazelle i love that yeah that was 3.3 million dollars and it made 50 million so what's what what makes you a good studio or like why is it that you are find nurturing good talent finding good talent Blumhouse is also known for um, the they're they're known for nurturing talent in a way that allows people to do what they 
do what they need to and want, essentially want to while still guiding them with enough to be like, hey, we've here are some things that we've well, they, they let directors kind of make their movies, but they do it in in a way that um. In other words, they're, they're, Give talented people money and give them advice, but let them do their work. Yeah, but not a ton of money. Yeah, well, not a ton of money. It's also important for... Gi- million, I could see them. Hmm. If you give them five million, I could see them... That's the, oh, there's a lot of people who, they get their start doing horror movies. Like yeah. uh, the guy who's been doing a bunch of the Fast and Furious movies. I think he started with the Saw movies, was his yeah. thing, James Wan, and got a small budget, turned it into a, a successful horror movie. They said, hey, this is a guy who we can give a budget to. He can stay on budget. He can stay on time. He can make us money. Maybe we give him more. Things like that are really important for establishing. Like, career arcs, I think nowadays some directors get big money too quickly. Yeah. I I really think, like, the ideal thing is, like, Chris Nolan's career is, like, to me, still the perfect example. He self-finances his own film. Low budget. Extremely low budget. Stays on budget. Their number one line item for the entire movie following was film stock. The actual like yeah. film itself was the most expensive thing for the entire movie. After that, he gets a really small budget movie. He makes Memento. It's successful. They give him a slightly bigger budget. They give him um, Insomnia. That's got a couple big names, but it's not a huge thing. It's an adaptation. Yeah. He does that really successfully. Then after he's done, no budget, small budget, medium budget, then they throw him the big budget stuff with Batman. They don't immediately jump him up from... Like the guy who did Jurassic World, he did Safety Not Guaranteed, and then he did Jurassic World. Yeah, it they gave him crazy. Way too. I, and guess what? Safety Not Guaranteed was like good. It was good, and but not great. great. And then to give him a huge franchise like that is that's too my big. point. I, and then he was supposed to do epi- uh, Star Wars Episode Nine before he dropped out. I personally am, I want to say pessimistic. I feel like too many movies are trying to be the blockbuster now. Yeah. And I honestly am like a little pessimistic on the blockbuster. Again, I'm a YouTube fan, so I, I see what you can do on little budget. Now, again, I know there will always be room for like, I'm more optimistic about little budgets and niche movies and, and TV shows and even like very low budget things than I am blockbusters. I think there will always be blockbusters, but I'm, uh, I've been unimpressed with most blockbusters lately. I don't know. We've got um, we got a new blockbuster coming out. I guess two days ago was was Black Widow. I guess did that just come out? Yeah, and I that? heard negative things. I've heard nothing about it actually. I've heard it, it's. They said, oh, it's supposed to be a Black Widow prequel, but really, it's like what Black Widow did on her summer vacation. <laughs> it's like it's not really a prequel. It's not really that good. It's not bad, but it's just very meh. Is what I heard. It's like it's 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 well done. This I think it's almost it lacks it lacks characters really. What I understood is like it's just hitting all the beats. It's like it feels like it was pumped out of a of a wow, it's, factory it's got, line. It's okay on Metacritic. It's got a sixty eight, which is like extremely average. That's like kind of the perfect. Just like this average. is this is my perfectly point. fine. It was like it, everyone. It's, like, yeah. it's it's good. It's like everything not, I read. It's, it's said, not. It's good. Yeah. It's it's good. With yeah. that upwards inflection, uh, high rising terminus is what I'll, I'll, I'll use to describe. It. Okay, every yeah, everything I read said, listen, if you've seen any other MCU movies, it's it feels like a retread. Like it's not bad in and of itself, but it just doesn't add anything new, and it didn't have to be made. But it's okay. 
but it did a good job. It hit all the right beats. That's what I read. Yeah, I don't it just know. feels very sameness. Which again, I'm actually. Yeah. Are you a big MCU fan? I think it's impressive what they've done. Big picture. Actually, Disney is also up there considering yeah. MCU. They, the yeah. Marvel Studio is also one of the most important. Yeah. Those I, I three. Think, I think what they've done big picture is very impressive. What they've done individual, like picture by picture, I'm less impressed with. But the big picture of putting it all together and maintaining yeah. a consistent product across multiple filmmakers, multiple decades, and all of that, that's much more impressive to me than like what they do in, a, in an individual movie. Yeah. I agree with you there in that, again, I'll push, like, I actually thought some of their movies are pretty good yes i think actually most their movies are pretty good but i think they're some most their movies are good most i actually okay so for wandavision we went back and watched all the most of the mcu we watched like 80 percent of them 75 percent you skipped thor and thor 2 i skipped thor thor 2 i aaron didn't watch captain america i did oh Uh, we skipped iron man 1 i'd like to go back and rewatch it and iron man 1 is it's like why the old, yeah, I, I, I'm, I like Iron Man. Yeah, I know. I, I do did not watch like, Iron Man three, and I liked it better than the first time, but I still thought it was bad. It's just a toy. Commercial. Honestly, no, no. There's honestly there is more. I actually think if you just look at the Iron Man arc, there is value there because it's like Tony is going from you know this playboy guy to oh now he's kind of. Um, how dare you steal a tomato? Yeah. Those are our tomatoes, Rachel. Take as many as you want. Yeah. They're not my tomatoes. Um, I've set them aside for our guest. Yes. In the third one, basically, I don't know if you remember this, but he doesn't want to have the thing taken out, and then he has the surgery, and he has the... Proof that Iron Man has a heart. Yes, exactly. Oh, that whole thing. Um, there is so some that's char- the first one. There is some character development, but I think the whole movie wasn't needed it almost felt like i don't know if you ever saw those things the one shotters the vignettes or whatever. yeah the vignettes like it could have been a 20 like i didn't think most of it was useless and didn't add to the storyline or anything but there was a little bit of character development with tony himself and i also think it introduced did that one introduced black widow no she was introduced second? in the second okay. iron man um anyway, it introduced well, pepper pots as rescue i guess where she has powers now yeah which, which i thought was which has never become important again like yeah, even i thought it was silly um um but long story short i agree with you in that it's more impressive it's more impressive what they did overall yeah. than individual movies i think most of the movies i think like 60 percent of them are actually really good and the rest of them are like good there's no bad movies even the worst ones like is okay but this one is on the lower end the only ones i didn't like that were like meh the most man ones are thor 2 and captain marvel captain marvel's like my captain marvel's favorite actually captain marvel's not good i think iron man 3 is pretty bad yeah that's also there and it sounds like black widow falls on this where it's like it's not bad it's just so mediocre that it adds nothing Thor 2 is pretty bad. Again, Thor to me, I like clarifying. It's pretty bad not. for the MCU. It's still not a bad movie, I don't think. It's just a very mediocre movie that, like, and my threshold, I was talking about this with someone. You have a high threshold. Like, if someone said, oh, this is a movie, it's a 6 out of 10, and it's not that, but it's not like, you said the other day, oh, Dune was a, fa- the original Dune was a failure, but it was an interesting failure. Okay, this it is, is a, a really interesting failure. I'll, yeah. It's, it's, it is a pretty big failure, though. Yes. 
It's if this says, bad. hey, this is a pretty standard movie, but it's a six out of ten, I don't think you're going to watch it. No. If I, if, you knew, if I knew that for a fact and I said, I know you will say this is a six out of ten. There are other people I know who are like, six out of ten, great. Way to kill two hours. I'm like, I don't want to. I'd rather kill two hours by doing this podcast, personally, yeah. than watching another silly movie that's going to be out of my brain in two seconds. To me, it's like junk food. So I have a higher threshold. I think you have an even higher threshold than me. Yeah. But I don't think they're bad movies is the point. No. I, I think very few of them are outright bad. I think few, but not very few, are very, very, very good. And I think most of them just sit in a very comfortable yeah. I'd be space. more interested with what they did with the shows, to be honest, if you've seen any of the shows. I, was, I, I saw WandaVision. Um, I liked it. I didn't... Oh. It's It goes back to our conversation, episodic versus serialized. Because yeah. to me, it, it is becoming, like you said, like what is the difference between a movie when there's 23 movies that are all kind of bleed into each other versus a TV show that feeds into the same world? Like they're, they really have done quite the job of creating one giant universe. Mm. Long story short, I want the lighthouse universe, extended lighthouse universe. If you want to see, if you want the, ex- not the extended lighthouse universe, but if you want more of, you should watch the witch. Cause okay. I watched the witch. I think the witch might be, the witch is, I, I you think said it, it was might, the best thing you saw in like the last. I think years. it's. Be, I think it's. Here, I think it's better than the lighthouse. I think you're not sure. Okay, it's better than the lighthouse in many ways, but I think there's less of the. Less of the things I thought it was a better movie, but I think it had less of the things that I found so interesting about the lighthouse in it. Okay, fair. But I do think I think it's more successful, but less interesting. Huh. But it's really great. Um, when I say it's got less of the interesting stuff, that's I, I'm just I'm, that's mostly because the lighthouse has a lot of interesting stuff more than that the, the witch does. There's a lot um, to look at. And again, what would you give the witch as a score? Or sorry, not the witch, the lighthouse. I, I use IMDb, which only gives you out of ten. So give me out of five. Out of five, four out of five. Four out of five. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're a tough raider. I am. I am a very tough raider. Like Honestly, I think on, most- on my my on my imdb account where i track everything i've watched like over a thousand movies like only 10 or 11 have a 10 out of 10 i really yeah. reserve that for like I the agree. all time we might have mentioned this the other day. i rate on an exponential curve yeah where i'm like there should be was, was it the richter scale with earthquakes oh where it's like a yeah yeah like a seven to an eight a six to a seven seven is 10 times bigger but 10 times less frequent yeah like not the exact thing like that but to me yeah like a perfect score should be very rare yeah and nine should be also not pretty rare but like there should be a lot more most movies should be sixes and sevens yeah that's i think i think my average rating was like a 6.6 or something like that or 6.7 6.8 something in that range i i would give this an eight and a half yeah yeah or nine i would say 10 so four yeah four i'll also say if you're interested the witch is 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 a scarier movie it's a little bit less artsy it does a lot of the same atmospheric stuff it's just really great it is really great and and anya taylor joy is fantastic in it. but i will say i don't think most people will enjoy the lighthouse i think i think i think a lot more people enjoy the witch than the yes i agree the lighthouse i think too many people go what the fuck do i watch and i will agree it's, it's it's again it's upset it's creating an atmosphere and again this gets back to my thing and this is i honestly think one of the most meaningful movies i've ever seen was uncut gems because it is a movie to me is about the transfer of emotions and 
the uncut gems has never done that better than in any other movie in the history of the world nothing has done it like uncut gems now oh. that specific emotion that it transferred was uncomfortableness so maybe Anxiety people don't like and, it yes and, the oh. lighthouse definitely gave this atmosphere of like weird and like you said like this weird sexual awkward tension energy where you're yeah. like are they gonna fuck are they gonna kill each other and also I don't just know, like both? a general sense of like unease yeah there's a general unease over all of the over the entire movie like yeah. a, like an overcast guy you know that's a good way of putting it yeah so i like it but i think just know what you're getting into and most people this movie is not for most people yeah um all right let's go for for next week um album is is me um try to think if i want to go with the king gizzard one or if i want to go something i already did that um i've got a list of albums to assign and i haven't updated it so there's like two albums on here that we've already done we could do you want to do something like super poppy no let's that's you want to go the exact opposite direction do King Giz, and then we can do whatever you want next time. Fine, we'll do we'll do Butterfly Three Thousand. Okay, so Butterfly Three Thousand is going to be our album. You you're supposed to choose a movie. Do you have anything on tap? Oof. Do you have anything in mind? I actually did not let think me, of one, but let me I'm go sure to I... my list of of podcasts I work to assign. I have a list. You have. Uh, I yeah, on my. Okay, own. hold on. Do you have? You guys have Netflix, right? Yes. Okay. Who? would you does rach watch more stuff or you watch more stuff i'm assuming you i watch more stuff yes yeah okay so the reason i ask is because like i'm assuming that the recommendations are pretty good for you um they vary but they're good aaron lately's watched a lot more stuff than me so it's very much been her recommendations and so when i go on netflix now i'm like some of the stuff i'm like Rachel and I also have separate uh, like oh, accounts. That's under smart. Thing. I yeah. I think I've said this before, maybe, but like I actually think there was. I wish there was different ones for like your mood. Yeah. Um, like, I'm in a happy mood. I'm in a drunk mood. I'm in a. Uh, what's I heard interesting things about um, this movie. I'll I'll just read you what's on my list that I think okay. might be interesting. Serenity, which, which is a um, Matthew McConaughey. And Matthew have, McConaughey. I've heard terrible things okay, about so that. Then one. Let's skip it. I heard awful stuff. I heard about interesting it. things. Yeah. Um I think it would be there'd be discussion, but I think we'd hate it from okay. what I I've Hey, heard. discussion's important, whether we like it or hate it. I actually don't think I would actually rather have a good discussion about a bad movie than no discussion about a great movie. Um Us. Oh, let's do us. Let's yeah. just lock that in. Okay, fine. Oh, That's been on my list. Woman in the window, which is on the list. I've we heard watched it. Not good it was not good. It was really bad. Yeah. And not in an interesting way. That's honestly the problem. Some movies, like I said, like you, I would rather have a bad movie that's... Inter- what's a bad movie that's interesting to talk about? There's some There's some Werner Herzog films that oh, don't work Okay, better. something that most people would watch. Not hmm. Dutch art film about Daisy. No, it's... Okay, so um, Woman in the Window is too bleh to have much to talk about. It was, yeah. just so, it was just boring. It was not that good. And we watched it with another couple, and the guy guessed it in the first ten seconds, like literally ten seconds. It's like it's that's that's the murder. <laughs> that's the murder. <laughs> um, it was too obvious. Um, so just boring, not good. 
Tree of Life was interesting, but not good in the end. I don't know if it was not. Oh, Tree of Life. Oh, I never saw that one. I actually heard bad things. I thought I heard that was bad, but I could see it being interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but let, let's do, let's do Butterfly 3000. Let's do us. And then do we have a discussion topic or, or no? You pick one. If you got one. Um, you have all this homework that you've been doing. I've got the homework to assign list for music and, and for movies. I don't have one for, um, uh, for discussions. Uh, Um, geez. Fine. I'll, how about we come up with one later and I'll, I'll, I'll message you. How about, um, I was, the, I was recently, I haven't read the article yet, but I saw an article, uh, on the ringer called where have all the action heroes go and gone sure. and let you want to talk about where, why are there no more action heroes? Sure. I already have a theory. Okay. Or do that. Yeah. Right. If, 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 if you've Part already, oh, so no, we'll watch us. But part of me was like, let's switch it. Dad wants to watch this movie, The Tomorrow War. Oh, the Chris Pratt. Yeah. And I'm like... That seems like it's going to be uninteresting. I know. And, but this is mediocre. the point. I already have a theory and it's based on that. So I was like, should we make it an action movie so that I can talk about action? No, let's just stick with us because I already have theories and I'll, I'm sure I'll watch that movie anyway. Yeah. But I, I already have sure theories about action. <laughs> <laughs> i think you should watch a mediocre action movie just to get in the right frame of mind because i personally think it helps you like again to me a lot of this is like is an excuse to watch some fun media but to think about it because to me like i to me like we're talking about like the junk food tv yeah i don't want to just watch something like okay and i never think about that again to me i'd rather like build on that like does this what is the unifying theory of it is it a hey, action heroes are getting better or worse again we don't have to speak about that in particular yeah. but like i like thinking about a movie of like what does it tell about my life what does it tell about society what does it tell about the the current time or the current um you know whatever Mo the, the the cultural zeitgeist that to yeah. me is more important than the movie itself yeah um so i got one more thing before sign offs did you have a secret word no i didn't i actually do you think that i had a secret word I don't. I kind of wish I said yes, and my word was zeitgeist just a second ago. Because zeitgeist is a good word. So wait, did, well, what was your... I didn't have a word. No, do you think that I had a word? No. I didn't. Yeah, I know. Okay. okay. So, hold on. I know what my word is going to be for next time. Going to be zeitgeist? No. <laughs> and I'm going to write it down now. Oh, he's pulling out his cell phone. He's oh, going yeah. for it. All right. So now, the actual final question. Joshua. <laughs> don't tell everyone my middle name. Fine, we'll bleep it out. It'll be Joshua Lifton. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> um, are you ready for sign-offs? Born ready. Let's go for it. My name is Michael Lipton. My name is Joshua Lipton. <laughs> and we've been Just, Just talking. talking. Thanks for listening.